All right, it's block time. I'm Michael Tidwell. And I'm Michael B. Casey. And today we're in Atlanta looking over the city, and we're joined by Tai Zen, the Tai Zen. The Tai Zen. And LeonFu.com. <laughs> the one and only. Yeah. The Honorable, the Grand Master, the Oracle of Cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a superfluous stuff. <laughs> so. I, I, to start out, I'd like to get a little bit of background from both of you. Uh, we start with Ty, and then uh, go to Leon, and then I'd also like to know how y'all met. So, at the end of Leon's intro, then you can talk about how y'all met if you want. Okay. Right, good? Sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, I guess uh, since we're on a uh, uh, cryptocurrency Bitcoin channel, I'll talk about how uh, I first got into uh, Bitcoin. Well, I was living in Dallas at that time, and I was working at an energy brokerage firm. And at the energy brokerage firm, they had a division that uh, they had a uh, they were building a, a Bitcoin farm. And at that time, they the guys that were working there were making really good money from their energy brokerage firm. And I couldn't understand why they were more focused on this monopoly money, this magic internet money called Bitcoin. What year was this? This was uh, at the end of 2012. Yeah, this was at 2012. I started working there in October of 2012 at the Bitcoin farm slash uh, energy brokerage firm. And um, I was the only Asian guy working there. So they were always asking me, you know, hey, do you know anybody that can make these ASICs chips in China? Do you know anybody in China that can make it? And I was just always, I, I just thought these guys were crazy. But the one thing that I did respect about them is they were very, very smart and sharp uh, businessmen. And they had lots of integrity. So, you know, there was kind of like a, a what do you call that? A, um, it was kind of weird because on one side, these guys, you know, had a lot of integrity with the, the customers that they had. And you can tell that they were pretty straight up guys. And then on the other side, they were like busy focusing on this Bitcoin. And I kept making fun about them, of, uh, uh, of them and just thought they were crazy. And one day, um, I, I asked the one of the uh, owners there, and I asked him, um, "Hey, um, I mean, what's up with this monopoly money or this this magic internet money?" And he said, "Man, um, if somebody's willing to give me an ounce of gold, or a firearm, or a gun for my bitcoins, he goes, it's real to me." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He says it may not be real to you, but the gun and the gold is real to me. So, and and that was when. Uh, and he said that instead of being ignorant about it, you know, go read the Bitcoin white paper and learn for yourself so that you're not talking out your ass. Well, I've, I've always said uh, in anybody who hears about Bitcoin and initially doesn't think it's full of shit yeah. you know, is, is probably pretty gullible. Yeah. yeah. So I read the white paper. I downloaded the Bitcoin white paper that was written by uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, the inventor of Bitcoin. And I read it several times. And in the the text, the summary, I can understand that. And, and I kept telling myself that if, if that was real and this guy is not joking or whatever this software, the technology is, if it can actually do that, what it claims, that's pretty cool. And, and I can see why there would be a need for something like that. However, I didn't fully believe it because I don't know computer coding and I don't know computer so your background programming. background is that of a trader. Yeah, yeah, I was a trader. Um, and so I got my uh, buddy, LeonFood.com here, uh, who I've known for a very long time. And unlike myself, he was a real Asian, you know. He, he knew software and computers <laughs> and things like that, you know. 
So if you're not a real Asian that knows about technology, it's always good to have a real Asian friend that knows yeah. about technology. So I sent uh, LeonFood.com the, um, the, uh, the Bitcoin white paper, and he read it. Back in uh, which year? Uh, this was in um, end of end of 2012. Yeah, end this of was the end of 2012, and I remember calling him up uh, a week or a few days later, and he said he was reading it. And then I called him back, and he's like, uh, I asked him where he was at. And he says, "I'm out buying some bitcoins." <laughs> yeah. That, so that, you want to take over from that's there? Quick yeah. on the update. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this so, was just like within a, just a few days, yeah. and I was like, "Hey, is this this white, bitcoin white paper? Is that it, it for real?" It took me at least a few weeks of reading. Uh, no, it didn't <laughs> take him very long because. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, yeah. So my story is that I. I mean, I, I. I heard of it in Bitcoin in passing, like on like the Max Kaiser show. So, so when Ty brought it up to me, I, I, I heard it from somewhere, but I, I couldn't really remember where I heard it from. Right. And then he sent me. He, I, I did. I definitely didn't read the white paper until Ty sent it to me. Right. I didn't, I didn't even get to that. But, but Ty, uh, you know, he calls me up one day and says, hey, Leon, uh, could you just check out this thing called Bitcoin? And uh, yeah, yeah, here's a link to the, the white paper, right? And I said, I, did I hear about it from someone? But I couldn't, I couldn't quite remember where I had heard it from. Um, but then I read it, and, and uh, my background is uh, I've been in software development. I taught myself how to code when I was 13. So I've been... I've been uh, uh, creating computer software since uh, my whole life, basically. Um, and then um, I, I guess the difference between Ty and I is I actually understood what Satoshi was writing, right? I, I, I knew what, and I also had studied encryption, so I knew how that, I knew, I knew what public-private key encryption was, I knew what hashing was, I knew what proof of work was, right? Uh, so really, when I read this paper, I read. It took me really about. Now, Ty said that I, I was buying Bitcoin within, like I think it was three days. By the third day, three days. Three wow. days. Now, now it was only. It, it only it took, took me, me like three yeah. months or four months <laughs> right. of like heavy, heavy looking. No, into I, it. I yeah. understood it right away. Like almost right away. Not not right away, but within within like a day or two, uh, and then. The why it took me three days wasn't to understand the white paper was to try to figure out how to buy it. <laughs> oh yeah, back then yeah. I remember back then um, that was hard. It yeah. was really difficult. Yeah. So where, where, what exchange did you end up buying? On? I I got my first Bitcoin with BitInstant uh, with Charlie Shrem uh, through through Gox. Uh, no 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 well, no no. Uh, I I went to the bank. Uh, I got cash. I went to a CVS, picked up the red phone, and money grammed. Uh, Cash to Charlie Shrem, uh, Bit Instant, and Charlie Shrem. That's right. how I got my first, and I got quite a few. Uh, to be honest, I got you know tens of bitcoins from him, like a few thousand dollars. But in like now, now I understood right away that um, unlike many people at the time, because of my technology background, I knew this wasn't a scam. Like as soon as I read mm -hmm. the paper, I knew it wasn't a scam. But I didn't know if if it would work. No, or, no, no. Yeah. I knew it would work oh, too. Okay. I also knew if it would work because I also had downloaded the software and played around with it, right? Um, so, so I, I just uh, uh -huh. I want to jump uh -huh. in real quick, yeah, sure. right? Uh -huh. uh, when you mentioned about it being a scam, uh, just so you guys know, the reason why I sent him the white paper was not so that I can invest into it. 
You wanted him. Sorry. You want him to bet it? No, 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 no. This is full of shit. No, 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 no. I want him to tell me that it was full of shit so that I can tell the owners of the energy brokerage fund that you guys are getting scammed, man. You guys got to get bail out of this. Because, you know, they were treating us really well. So I didn't want to see some good people getting scammed or getting hustled, you know, by this, you know, monopoly money. Now, I was worried about getting scammed, okay? But I wasn't worried about getting scammed by Bitcoin. I was worried about getting by scammed Charlie by Shrimp. Charlie Shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was worried about getting scammed by, right? Um, so, uh, and, and BitInstant, right? Um, so I, I basically said, okay, I, I know this works because I understand, you know, I, I, I understood almost, not instantly, but within a, a day or maybe a day and a half, I, I, I could understand what he was saying. Uh, but I still didn't know how to actually go get it. I'm like, I'm not going to go mine this this thing, right? I, I need to go buy it from somebody, right? Um, and then I was looking at, well, well. then I found Mt. Gox. And then yeah. I found, well, I don't want to wire money to Japan. And, and especially since uh, it wasn't just whether BitInstant and Charlie Shrem was a scam. I didn't know if Mt. Gox was a scam. And we yeah. all know Mt. Gox well, was, was a scam. A scam. It was a yeah. scam. <laughs> <laughs> right? uh, so I, I figured out, like, all right, well, where can I – I'm not going to send – 200 bucks to Mt. Gox if it's going to cost me $40 in a wire transfer fee to wire the money to a Japanese bank, right? Um, so I said, well, there's this thing called BitInstant where, you know, uh, I can send them a few hundred dollars and then I can see if I get some Bitcoins, right? And, uh, and you know, I did, right? I, so I, I remember sending BitInstant a cup of, you know, 100 or $200 or something like that. And um, I remember going to CVS because there's MoneyGram, and he was asking for MoneyGram. And I, I picked up the phone, and I was trying to figure out how does MoneyGram work because I've never used Western Union or MoneyGram before, right? There was no, no reason. Most people to. don't. I mean, yeah. unless you yeah. have a specific reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you're trying to send money to Mexico or something. Um, I, I never used, uh, you know, had tried to send cash through either MoneyGram or, or uh, Western Union until... I wanted to buy bitcoins. See, that's the thing. Most people don't realize how much of a pain in the ass mm-hmm. it is to send money unless you until you actually go to send money, sure. and then you, it's just horrible. So, uh, yeah. so uh, question. Uh-huh. So it sounds like y'all knew each other way, way before Bitcoin and yeah, all how'd this. You meet? How, so how did y'all meet? Yeah. Well, uh, well, <laughs> that, that's an interesting story because um, are you guys familiar with? Um, uh, 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 Neil Strauss, Mystery, uh, the pickup artist. Have, have, do you, are you guys familiar? Y'all used to pick yeah. up women together? <laughs> no, the, 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 what, ha- what happened was that that was actually my job. What? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I, I, I used to work at the yeah. clubs as a, as a club promoter in the downtown uh, club <laughs> yeah. district in used Austin, to Texas. Pick up the hotties and bring them to the club? Yeah, that, that was my job. It was a really tough job yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to go out into the uh, uh, you know streets and uh, pick up all these uh, hot, beautiful women and bring them into the clubs. And uh, at that time, uh, I did not know very much about this this pickup community that Leon is talking about. And at that time, he had just moved to Austin. I had just moved to Austin. And I was working at the clubs, getting paid to, to bring women, uh, you know, attractive women into the clubs. Uh, and the reason why was because when when you bring the hot women in there, all the guys will see the follow, follow <laughs> and they'll come in there. And that's how the club gets their business. And at that time... I remember uh, we actually met through a mutual friend named Tony. Uh, was it Tony. It was Tony. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it was Tony. So there was this guy. Uh, there was this uh, uh, guy named Tony, and uh, this Chinese guy, and he would bring Leon down, and they would go and pick up girls together. Except they were doing it just for for to find a date and stuff. 
and I was doing it because that was my job. You're all business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was funny because I remember I would look across the street and I would watch these guys watch me. I would Leon and uh, Tony. And, I, and and every night when I go to work, I'm like, what are these guys? So Le- so you met Leon because he stalked you? No, he was watching how, because I was the top club promoter down there. <laughs> and, and I brought in the most girls so into the club. So you just trying to pick up your moves on how to well, pick up chicks. Okay, so my story <laughs> on how I got into this community, right, was that I had just broken up with my girlfriend. Uh, you know, we were on and off for a few years, but that particular year... And we're uh, this year we're talking about two thousand eight or seven something. No, like two thousand six, two thousand seven. Two thousand six or seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's been a while. I don't get my years right by now. Um, but the the point was that uh, you know I had moved to Austin in a, for for a few years and I had finally broken up with my girlfriend and uh, I was like, well, I don't have a girlfriend, so uh, how do what do I do? And I Googled it. Right, I, I literally typed in how to find oh my a girlfriend. God. Right. Well, you. I mean, Austin's a great city to be a single. You <laughs> yeah, know? Oh, it's so. it's uh, the seventh best city in America <laughs> yes. to be single. Yeah. But um, if you Google that, if you Google how to find a girlfriend, um, what you what comes up on the his the, face? <laughs> well, almost. <laughs> no. uh, but but what comes up are are things like. Uh, 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 I think it was like David D'Angelo was the first one or something, yeah. and, th- and then and then you'll you'll see these characters called uh, Neil Strauss who wrote the game, and then you'll see another character called Mystery. This is what oh the, yeah the the pickup the artist pickup MTV artist. crap so, so, yeah yeah so just <laughs> just googling um, these uh, if you just Google how to find a girlfriend, then all of this material will come up, and then you start reading through this right like you start reading these books and and then they they well it, it it's a whole subculture it's, it's more like a men's self-help group so right? so not to not to go too um, far off blockchain yes but um but that's how we yeah we met that, that, that's how we've met yeah, yeah. And the, interesting yeah. though yeah. The, the, yeah. The, the reason why we got uh, uh we called him uh, leonfood.com in case you're wondering was because when we first met um uh-huh. He said his name was Leon Fu, and somewhere along the conversation, he uh, he said that you know we can reach out to him at Leon Fu, Leon at leonfu.com, yeah, it was which like is his website, email, which is my email. It was his email, yeah. and I said yeah. leonfu.com. You actually have your own website, so why didn't you just take the leap and just start calling him .com? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. every time me and the other club promoters. And the other guys that worked down there, when when we referred to Leon, we were always like, we were always like, this guy's got his own website. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, he's not just a, anybody; he's got his I, own I, website. I think in 2005, there was still a novelty to that. Yeah, and, you know. Um, so anyway, that, that's the that's how we met is through totally nothing to do with blockchain, nothing to do yeah. with uh, technology. It was, it was just so, girls. So fast yeah. forward yes. when when you guys uh, got, got in. So so uh, when did you guys start getting serious about it? Yeah, when did you start making uh, content? That's what I want to know. Well, uh, content, I think we we made it almost like starting right away years. because I we three it was uh, we've been making it for over three years. Yeah, we've but been, I look at our we first made videos. our first video, and it was the first time. Like, I'm one of those people that I don't like to bitch, whine, and complain about the things around me. If I can, I like to do something about it. And if I don't, cannot do anything about it or don't know how to do something about it, I just shut the hell up. Right, because I don't think whining or complaining has any changes anything. So there's a lot of things in government. Uh, I, I was a uh, trading at the time. I trade a lot of stocks and futures and currencies, 
And there was there was things there was a lot of shenanigans that I saw during the crash of two thousand and eight. Like like regulatory stuff or or just it's a lot of stuff on shit. Wall Street uh, that they're able to do that the little guy cannot do. Yeah. Like for example, like naked shorting. That's where you make money when the market falls, right? Like if it was you and I who wanted to sell short a stock or something, we would actually have to. You know, uh, talk to Patrick Bird about that one. He yeah, get his thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he and I feel the the, the uh, share the same thoughts on naked shorting. Oh no, he really does. He hates yeah. it. He's like, yeah. and, and there's all these uh, you know people on Wall Street that can sell short a stock that 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 they're they don't have in their inventory, and so you know just a lot of shenanigans. You know, if you have a bigger account than I do at the same brokerage firm, you get preferential treatment. So there, there's all kinds of things and. You know, I can only put orders in that come out to two decimal places while other people are putting their orders in the stock market going out to, you know, three or four decimal places so that they can, you know, undercut everyone and front run people and arbitrage. And uh, in other words, it was not a. Yeah, the game's rigged. Yeah, the game's not is rigged against the little guy on Main Street. But, I, you know, I traded through those markets. I never complained about it. But when I saw when LeonFood.com confirmed for me that, that, <laughs> that Bitcoin was real. The thing that that made me take it seriously was not actually the money. And in the beginning, it was, it was the opportunity. Or? No, no, it has nothing to do with that because I've been trading actively. You know, uh, I was I think at that time I probably averaged like two to three thousand trades a year. So because of that, I knew how the markets work, and what I noticed was that there's a huge issue in Wall Street. Where it's called uh, T plus three, which means the yeah. trade three plus day, three, three days day settlement. settlement. And for me, I saw that man, Bitcoin is a game changer because whoever can solve this T plus three issue, right? I mean, like right now the um, what? So for for a stupid person like me, what's T plus three mean? T plus three T means trade, and plus three means it takes three days. So let's say that you have a hundred shares of Apple stocks and you sold it, and I bought it from you. It would after we complete the transaction. It would take another three days before you and I can pull money out of it. So, so in other words, let's it's say that turn it takes. Yeah, yeah, I, I got it. They have to make settle and sense. clear before you can take money out of the brokerage firm and use it for something else, right? So imagine the billions of dollars that are locked up in Wall Street because of this three-day pe- waiting period. So you're familiar with with Patrick Byrne? He's Overstock CEO. His yes. company T Zero. That's exactly what they do. Yeah, and 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 uh, they're not the only ones. The uh, you know there's several uh, heavy hitters out there uh, that are working on that. Matter of fact, if you look at um, a company called DTCC.com, uh, it's like the Depository Trust Corporation uh, uh, Clearing and Corporation of America, and they're like the biggest um, clearinghouse. In America, that clears all the stocks. Yeah, he was talking about them too at the. Uh, we, we were at the conference, and yeah, he was telling us because I'd yeah. never heard of DTCC before. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're. Yeah, you know all about it, but I mean, it was it was eye opening for me. Yeah, they, they clear all the transactions uh, for uh, the stock market and many markets. He was saying he was saying legally they own all of the stock. DTCC. That's yeah, because they're the ones that settle it for everyone. So, so they're the only ones who actually legally own any stock. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So <laughs> because of that, that to me was a game changer. I didn't even know about the money potential in, in Bitcoin. I just saw that, hey, this is a, a, a fantastic technology that can settle these transactions. And to this day, you know, despite the fact that our channel is about cryptocurrency investing, you know, I still believe that the biggest game changer uh, – uh, in the financial world 
is for crypt, uh, cryptocurrencies to serve as to speed up the uh, clearing and settlement time on Wall Street. Definitely an awesome use case. You know, so uh, so it sounds like uh, Leon, you have a bit of a technical background. I think you told me I've been in technology yeah. my whole life. You, I've, I've always been programming, okay. computers. I, I've I had my own computer in the eighties. Um, okay. Before they so were so yeah. pretty pretty good technical background, and then Ty, uh, no real industry technical experience, but you've just been really exposing yourself right to all the information and blockchain information, right? Um, yes, uh, and also um, I've been an active trader for ten years already. Okay, so finance guy, so tech f- guy, so f- yeah. yeah, okay, cool. So um, so one question we usually like to ask uh, all all the people that come on our show is. What is a blockchain? Because the definition has really been evolving over the last couple of years and uh, different perspectives. Maybe it's the same because you all hang out so much. But if, if you would, uh, briefly, what was your definition of a blockchain? Okay, so uh, I recognized almost immediately that this was a database. In fact, my first 10, 15 years as a software developer was database development. I did SQL databases. I wrote SQL all day long. Uh, I, I did uh, client server applications in the eight, in the 90s. Um, so I, I understood immediately that this was a decentralized database. I saw that almost right away. You know, for, uh, first of all, it was a decentralized money. It was going to be used as that. But I also knew that this is the fir- this really is a new, I recognize the technology, and I and because of that, I also was a early investor in these altcoins too. Because I also realized that it could be used for a lot more than just money, for a lot more than just what Bitcoin was using it for. That we could use the same technique. So, I almost immediately I was buying, you know, a bunch of altcoins. Uh, uh, you know, just several months after I, I bought Bitcoin. Um, so that that's what I I recognize it as uh, fundamentally a distributed database, not immediately, but within a week or so that I knew that this technology was was going to have. So, so is that your definition, a distributed database, it, or it, uh, from would you like to add to that? From a technical perspective, like at its most fundamental level, it is to for a group of nodes or computers to agree on the state of a of, of the state of a system this database uh on without a central authority that that has to me is what uh a what a blockchain is and you think anything that can achieve that any way it can be achieved is it still a blockchain well it has to have all the properties of of the blockchain. Yeah, well, that's right? basically I mean, what I mean. Yes. What are the other properties? Sure. What, uh, well, the, what, what the, are some the, of those the, defining properties? The whole properties. properties such as the, the immutability. Okay. Uh, the, the, um, the, the lack of uh, the way that a bunch of uh, people who don't trust each other are able to uh, arrive to agree on the state of a system. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, the idea of uh, a, a sets of data or blocks linked together by hashes... I mean, GitHub does that. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's yeah. exactly what GitHub does. But is GitHub a blockchain? GitHub is not a blockchain because what make, doesn't make it a blockchain is that it doesn't have the proof of work. Uh, so, so, so is you proof could, of work a necessary component of a blockchain? Well, is proof of well, see, that's arguable now. Yeah. Because see, it, it, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's arguable because now people are coming other ways of arriving at consensus too, with like proof of stake and sure. And all that. That's why we asked the question because uh, yeah. it's, it's some people consider those blockchains, some people don't. Okay. So what about uh, you? Yeah, Ty? let's, let's hear. Yeah. What, what's your, your definition, definition of, a of a blockchain? What do you my, think? My my definition of a blockchain is that it's a public accounting ledger that is available to everyone to have a copy of it, and that nothing gets recorded into that public accounting ledger until the majority of the network or the majority of the users agree upon it. So you said a public ledger. Would mm. consortium blockchains fall into that category? Like, uh, well, like Hyperledger or... Uh, I've heard of Hyperledger. I looked at it briefly, but I'm not very familiar with it. Um, is it a private... Uh, it's, it's, it's like a, it's a permissioned one. Uh, hi, so Hyperledger is a consortium of projects now. So yeah. don't think... Okay, it's, so sorry. It's, it's so like, confusing. Like, for example, if you ask me if uh, R3 Sevs... Well, uh, they don't even call... Sure, go ahead. If, if, if you call... If you ask me about R3 Sevs uh, ledger, if you call that a public ledger, I would say no because... Uh, not everyone that agreed to it before it was written in there. So, Only the company and the people that developed it agreed to it. So can there be a private blockchain? Yes, absolutely. Okay, what's one example? Uh, the one that IBM is building right now. Which is? I don't know what the name of it fabric? is. Are you talking uh, about Fabric or the Hyperledger Fabric project? Uh, I'm not sure, but I know that I, I read uh, you know, I read it briefly where uh, IBM is working on a private so, ledger, so is Ripple. So I, think, so I think the one you're talking about is Fabric. Um, and essentially what they're using on like their blockchain piece mm -hmm. is Apache Kafka, which is a message broker. Okay. So what characteristics, um, define a blockchain for you? Really? The, the, the main characteristic that defines a blockchain is how the whole network, all the users come to a consensus and a consensus just simply means an agreement to what gets recorded into that public ledger. So the ability the, the agreement process or the technology that's used so that everyone can agree on what is recorded into the ledger, it gets added to the ledger. And, and I think it's a point is that between parties who don't trust each other. Yeah, yeah trustlessness. Yeah. It's trustlessness. Yeah. That, that's the key. So, yeah, okay. you could have a private uh, blockchain, I guess, among, uh, let's say, between the four of us uh, and I don't trust you. Uh, but you trust the whole of the group. But I trust the whole of the group, yes, or the majority. Or the majority of the group. That he's he's siding with me. You're screwed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so <laughs> yeah. The, the, that's that's what Leon brings yes. up is a is a is a is a very important point is that the technology that's being used inside that public ledger that allows everyone to come to a majority agreement to what gets recorded in there needs to be based on math or cryptography or something that is outside of a human being. Because as long as you involve trusting a human being, then it requires you to trust that human being. And the thing that's unique about Bitcoin is that the, the technology that's used called proof of work that allows the majority of the users to come to agreement to what gets recorded into the, public, the Bitcoin public ledger is based on math. So is immutability one of the properties of a blockchain? I, um, I, I, it doesn't necessarily have to be. I'm just curious if... No, if it, absolutely, because okay. if you can go in there and modify okay. what's already recorded in there, then what's the point? Yeah, you could just use a database. And if, yeah. and if let's say, you, don't, you do have... You trust everybody, which is a lot of these private... Uh, the reason 
uh, a lot of people are saying private blockchains aren't necessary is because they're among people who, tr if we all trust each other, there's no reason, there's no yeah. need to. There's no need for proof. For, for proof of work. Yeah. We could just say, all right, yeah. I'll give you right access, all of us right access to our SQL database. We can do the same thing. Yeah, that's how most companies do it, right? Yeah, that's how most companies do it. Like, okay, <laughs> you're authorized, and I'll give you permission to this to this database. Everyone has the root account. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, what are your feelings Let's on? Take uh, a, our, oh, he's he's changing out his uh, foot. We can keep going. Okay. Yeah. So, what are your feelings on proof of stake? Uh, I think it works uh, well enough uh, for what. Uh, what uh, it has, because proof of stake um, has been around since uh, you know Peercoin uses is the first one I heard of that uses a hybrid uh, proof of work proof of stake model. Yeah, I, I would uh, say hybrids are, are different than pure because hybrids sure, still have proof sure, of work. Sure, sure. To that's right. That's with. right. Yeah, that's right. But uh, you know, I, the the first pure proof of uh, stake uh, was the NXT project, mm -hmm. um, and you know, is it perfect? I feel probably not, but does it work well enough? It seems to work well enough. I mean, it hasn't had anything catastrophic happen to it yet. That doesn't mean how come it no won't. one uses Nextcoin? Well, the community. Well, that that comes back to community building, and and uh, okay. that, that that's a lot of one of the things. Uh, NXT, I think, is remember it didn't have any funding. Uh, it, it started out with the, the only funding it got was twenty one bitcoins back in two thousand. 12 that no one heard of, right? So there were problems with distribution. There were some problems with marketing. And, uh, you know, they, they're rebranding themselves to this thing called Ardor, which they hope to address some of those issues. When is that rebranding going to be done? Um, it's already underway right now. Yeah. It's been underway since last summer, okay. since the yeah. uh, summer of 2016. Yeah. And cool. um, the, 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 to answer your question about why people are not using proof of stake, it, there just hasn't been enough time, uh, not enough uh, proven time. If you look at, excuse me, if you look at a lot of the uh, proof of stake uh, uh, blockchains or cryptocurrencies, right? Um, the the uh, the problem with it is that it just hasn't had enough testing. It hasn't been out in the wild long enough to for people to see that it's safe and secure. If you look at the, uh, for example, like the NXT uh, uh, blockchain. If you look at their cryptocurrency, they don't they don't uh, compared to Bitcoin that has like I think like five thousand nodes to to process all the Bitcoin uh, transactions. Uh, NXT has like I think um, the last time I checked, it had like sixty seventy. Well, it's not just the nodes too. The market cap I think plays a big role. Correct. Sure. Like I mean, there's sure. not a big enough bounty I think on it to really see a true test of of. What sure. could happen? But we're we're going to see more of that. I mean, yeah. the, like uh, you remember, our our channel is focused on investment, and uh, we are focused on helping the individual investor and making a return on uh, on our investment. Not necessarily. I, I mean, we do care about technology, but in the sense of how uh, how it affects our investments. Yeah. Uh, so, g given that focus, at at the moment, there's there's. Uh, you know, it's 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 not entirely clear from an investing perspective how that will imp whether proof of stake works or not how that will impact our investment. So we're not entirely so, focused on. So that. you know, there's okay. more factors. If if you're talking about like should I buy this coin, yes or no, right? Um, whether or not proof of stake works, if let's say it's a proof of stake coin, mm -hmm. there's other factors that matter more. Than whether or not proof of stake works, or uh, what's know, what's the biggest factor for you? Uh, the biggest factor is funding. Fund okay, so f uh, th their funding is is a b 
definitely a huge factor. It's something we focus on very much. It's uh, their leadership. It's the community building. Um, it's their roadmap, their technical roadmap. It's whether they can execute on that roadmap. All of these things will affect your investment far more than whether or not proof of stake works or not. Now, I also want to add this, too. Uh, keep in mind that um, you're asking me these questions about NXT, and um, just so your audience knows, you know, I was one of the uh, co-founders of the NXT Foundation to help promote and, 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 and you know, grow. That's a nice it. disclosure there. It's, yeah. it's, it's good to point out. Yeah, yeah. appreciate so, it. Thanks. Yeah, so that the, your audience needs to be aware of that. Even though I'm not, you know, active in the NXT Foundation anymore, you know, uh, I did help start that to, to, to get that going. And one of the things that NXT uh, did that, uh, you know, to answer your question about why isn't NXT or the proof of stake more popular is because NXT was the first cryptocurrency that they, they call it a Bitcoin 2.0. It was like a second generation cryptocurrency. And it was the first cryptocurrency that was not based on the Bitcoin code. So it was very new. The way that they raised money to grow it was very new. Uh, it was the first uh, what they call a pre-mine cryptocurrency, which means that the the tokens were distributed immediately from the the genesis block. And so all the one billion tokens that were created were were created instantly. It was not mined, mm -hmm. you know, uh, like Bitcoin was. So there was a lot of people that felt that it was not fair because they did not get in uh, and they had never seen an ICO before. Is it inflationary? Um, no. No, this one no, it's billion coins. One hundred percent. So why? Right? So why would I stake my coins in Next if uh, I don't get returned investment, or do I? You do. You get you, you, investment. You get yeah, you get transaction fees. Yeah. Okay. So, so transactions have to be happening in order for me to get paid. If I yeah, because stake the, coins, the right? approach that NXT came out with was that there was no, there was really no need to wait. You know, a hundred years, one hundred forty years, or whatever it takes to uh, for all the coins to be produced. It, the, they, the, they took a different approach, you know, and the thing that uh, NXT, I think, uh, according to my understanding and recollection, it was the first ICO. It, it was the first initial coin offering. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. It's, hard, it's hard to gauge yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Well, they, they were well, first. What, it was what date would it come out? Do you remember? I think, yeah. I think it was mid Yeah, that was a long time ago. And so yeah. people, like nowadays, when you talk about an ICO and when we talk about it on our channel... It, nobody uh, blinks their eye about it because they're all used to it. But if you rewind back to the end of 2012 in the beginning, uh, that was called an ICO would have been called a pre-mine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah yes. Nobody uses that term no more. Yes. What? Exactly. Uh, so when Nextcoin rebrands itself, what's going to happen to the people holding Nextcoin right now? Uh, what? Yeah, you still have it? They 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 still have it. Um, It'll just be called something else. Well, it's the 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 thing was that the the problem with um with uh, NXT. Uh, or the problem with cryptocurrencies is that whenever companies and businesses want to build their internal uh, blockchain, their private blockchain, the problem is that they don't have the technical team to do it. And when they go and build stuff on top of NXT, it's very difficult because it might be a small business or a business that, that may be a little bit larger, but they just don't have the technical know-how about blockchains and stuff to build it. So what they did was they created what's called the Ardor blockchain. And what Ardor does is that it has side chains, right? So if you're a business and you want to create your own private blockchain like R3Sev did, 
instead of going out there and building it on your own and hoping that there's enough nodes to secure the blockchain for you, they're doing it on the Ardor blockchain. So it, it secured 100% proof of stake. How was how were initial shares distributed for NXT? It was distributed. Uh, they were the uh, uh, founder raised 21 uh, bitcoins. He said he wanted he needed to raise 21 bitcoins. Uh, his name was uh, BC Next on the Bitcoin Talk uh, Forum in, in 2012. 13. Like, uh, it was like 12. It was 12. Uh, 2012. No, it was 2012. Like so that's like not even. It's like 13. 250 yeah. bucks, right? Yeah. 21 bitcoins. It's like yeah. 250 bucks. Well, 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 I mean, that's a, that's a lot of money though. To a 16 year old. It's the largest out of all the cryptocurrencies. Till this day is still outside of Bitcoin. Yeah. Yes. is still NXT. Yeah. No matter what anybody uh, says. About I, I want to ask a question. You 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 brought up a use case of blockchains in private uh, industry. What are some use cases where you would need a? Because we talked about how you need a blockchain when you don't when you don't want to trust people. Yeah. What's a industry that can benefit from a blockchain like being used natively? Oh, that's that's very simple. Like for example, right? We have a lot. If you look at all the colleges, the governments, and everything, they record their data that's publicly. So, for example, like when my son was born in Dallas County, uh, which is uh, uh, where the city of Dallas is at, in located in the state of Texas. Uh, for anyone that's listening outside the U.S., um, in that city. It's uh, we had to pay twenty five dollars to the county clerk's office to, to get register the birth certificate. No, to get a copy of the birth certificate. Oh, to get a copy of it, right? And if you use, if they use a public blockchain and the Baylor Hospital network where my son was born, if when he was born, if they did, if they created a birth certificate for him and hashed that birth certificate and compressed it and hashed it and sent one Satoshi from the Baylor Hospital Network into the Dallas County's private blockchain, then that will verify that my son was born on that date and time and everything. Proof of existence. Yeah. yeah. And then in the future, you know, for the rest of his life, whenever he needs a copy of a birth certificate or anything like that, he can just go to the blockchain and point to everyone that there's the hash. Well, of wouldn't my- that be a public blockchain, not a private blockchain? Well, it's a private blockchain, because the uh, the blockchain is run by the Dallas County. So so wait wait because it gets it gets into what's it, difference it's between publicly that? viewable it's but viewable. privately permission yeah. for. Uh, so why insert. do you need a blockchain for that if the county trusts itself? Uh, be, because it's it reduces costs. Okay, so because imagine anyone can come there and view for free, right? But I can go over there and I, I have so to. So why not just make a view for like a data a normal database? You can, but they're not doing it. Okay. Yeah. So if they're going to do it, they might as well do it on a technology that uh, uh, is more lower cost. Yeah. And another, another use case for that is uh, land titles. Um, this is something that Factum is going after because there's a lot of... Let's talk about pl- Factum. <laughs> yeah. there's a lot hey, let's of- make a disclosure about Factum. That's true. There goes another disclosure. disclosure. Let's, let's hear right? what's the next uh, disclosure. Hey, I just want your audience to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, you know we're, we're, are, you, are you the investor in Factum? I am an investor. We're, we're, okay. we're active in, uh, yeah. investors in Factum. Yeah, so, so, so you, you can, okay, so let's dig into all, anything you're all, not yeah. investing. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, you can assume if we uh, know a lot about something. Yeah, just assume, just assume that we're talking about we it. We're are, probably investing. We're probably, because we yeah. are investors. So we are yeah. first and foremost investors. So if we're talking about something, just assume that we have a, we're talking our book, okay? That's just a, a full scope because that's what we do. Uh, that's what uh, we're doing. So uh, one, one of the use cases of, of a blockchain, um, you said, is that a lot of times um, it can be used when you, the government 
say a government doesn't even trust itself. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, and land titles in, in many, even forget about not even third world country. Even does in, that mean they're even, mining, or are you talking about POS system? No, Sorry. no, no, no. I'm not. I'm talking about, for example, even in America, when you go buy a house, you have to buy something called title insurance. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, that's something that's a major cost of the house. Now, if you think about why do you have to buy title insurance, because it's possible that you're buying a title that isn't clean, right? Like, even, even though the government keeps records of, supposedly they keep records of all the titles that's in their jurisdiction, they're not entirely sure if there's somebody has a claim on that title, Right. Uh, or lean, or, no, or lean, some other, or something. Yeah, or, or exactly. there was uh, they they took out another mortgage yeah, on another it, mortgage and they, nobody, and updated, nobody the updated, updated the title. Updated yeah. the title, right? <laughs> so, so there's this thing called title insurance. So it's not even in third world countries. It's even in our country, right? Where you you have this extra cost because there's no no one is actually actually sure about what is the status of a title. Or if you think of a title, like I said, uh, we say the blockchain is like a ledger, right? So no one is even really entirely sure about okay. what is the state of the ledger. I think I see where so, we're going. So if yeah. you talk about, okay, now think about where, where corrupt governments, right? If a government that's more corrupt than ours, right? Where, you know, based on the next election, where you now have this... You're saying that there's a more corrupt government than the U.S.? <laughs> um, Are you willing to go on record saying that? <laughs> I think I mean let, let, let's just use my family uh, yeah, as, yeah. as 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 an uh, example, well, right? Uh -huh. So for you asked earlier uh, uh, to well that you know why would you know someone need a, a private blockchain for they trust each other already, right? Or if, let's say the Dallas County uh, anybody can view it, right? But here's the problem: like I'll use myself as an example. Like my family, we originally I, uh, I was born in Vietnam and didn't leave Vietnam until I was you know seven or eight oh. years old. And when I left, uh, after the communists took over uh, Vietnam, uh, in the southern part of Vietnam, I grew up in a very small village. Uh, there was only, uh, I asked my uncle one time how long it takes to drive through the village, and he looked at me confused. He goes, man, you can stand at one side of the village and just yell at someone at the other side and talk to them. You know, and he goes, you don't need to drive. Yeah. And, and what happened was when the communists took over, they took over three of my grandfather's uh, houses. Okay. They, they just seized it and confiscated it when they came in and, and took over the, the whole South, right? And 20 years later, the only reason why we were able to get the property back when they decided to give it back to its citizens, to its rightful owners, um, the only reason why was because we lived in a village that was so small that everybody knew each other, and they agreed that, yeah, that, that plot of land or that property belonged to my grandfather. The village and, blockchain. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we had a yeah an in-house village blockchain yeah. exactly, yeah. you know. And what happened was they agreed that that property belonged to my uh, grandfather, which he's no longer there. So it went to my grandmother, which she was still alive at that time. And then when she passed away, she passed the the properties on to my uh, little brother, who was still in Vietnam. But just think about this for a moment. What happens if the village blockchain wasn't there? Imagine instead of having a few hundred people that live in that village where they can come to an agreement on who owns what, imagine if that was the capital at that, excuse me, the capital at that time, which was uh, Saigon or Ho Chi Minh City, where it's bigger than the city of Atlanta that we're in right now. How would you come to a consensus that that property was owned by my family? Uh, may, may I ask a question? Uh, since we're talking about factum, uh, 
why can't we just use uh, Bitcoin for this? I'm just curious. Uh, in, in, in regards to uh, so what Factum is doing? The, title, the sure. title use case? Yeah. Oh, like, uh, yeah. so Factum uh, is basically Bitcoin. As we know, Bitcoin transactions are very expensive and getting more expensive uh, by the month, it seems. Right? And so what Factum allows us to do is, is basically they're layering their own blockchain on top of Bitcoins, right? In, so that you, oh, it's actually using Bitcoin. It's anchoring. On mm -hmm. the Bitcoin, so it's anchoring so. back to so it's, it's like a chain DB type. Okay, so they, they do okay. have a federated server where they're kind of centralized, uh, where uh, it, it's only right now just Factum servers uh, updating the Factum blockchain. But they, to prove that they they didn't just go change their database, right? They actually take a bunch of their blocks, hash it in, and then stick it into anchor it into the Bitcoin blockchain so they can prove, no, we didn't okay, that makes sense. change our blockchain because, you see, you can reference it back to the Bitcoin, uh, right? The, the other thing, too, on uh -huh, top of yeah. that, right, uh -huh. is that the, the way that the Factum uh, 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 technology works, it's not dependent on just Bitcoin. So if you want to use their technology... You can anchor it into any, into any, anchor yeah, into yeah, any yeah, blockchain. Yeah, like if something else becomes yeah. more secure, yeah, they can you can anchor just... Exactly. It, it, they can anchor it to yeah. anything. So, exactly. So they've greatly reduced... The, now, you ask me, why can't you do that? Well, if you needed to anchor millions of hashes into the Bitcoin blockchain, that's not going to happen on Bitcoin. So uh, uh, Tyrion does that. Who? Tyrion. T okay, so if I don't you, know. If you want, I can tell you what they do, and then sure. you can tell me how that uh, differs. Sure. So... So you know the idea of making a Merkle root and then combining a bunch of SHA-256 hashes up into a parent, and you have one uh, you know, root that represents all the sure. underlying data, and then you just put that into uh, the Bitcoin blockchain. And then you have another system, so instead of like a federated... Uh, so I, 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 see, I don't really know who holds the data with Factum. Maybe you can educate me on that. But as far as like the actual raw data, maybe that's still the customer that that then just well, has to hold on to the data and then prove that it's been hashed mm -hmm. at a certain time. Well, I, I don't know too much about what it, what did you so, say? So, so Tyrion is a is a is a is I would call it a yeah. central service. Uh huh. That that you have to trust for like ten minutes until it writes the next block, but and then you're good. But how does it? Okay, so how does it's like it, an API call? Okay, so it, it basically no you do have to trust it for a certain amount of time. Yeah, so you have to trust it till it gets to the well, next. Well, then how block. do you look up your own hash? If let's say I have these hundred hashes uh, that mm -hmm. I need to store, I do understand <clears throat> that it can hash all of that and put one hash into the. So how do you well, keep track of it with that? Oh, because because they they run they layer a Bitcoin. Uh, the Factum blockchain on top of Bitcoin, right? Yeah. And right now, okay. So, but how do right you know, now, like, what's your address right, in the Factum blockchain? Well, because no. you know which block it was in. That's well, why. well, who keeps track of that so, information? Okay, so for the, you? the Bitcoin, ser the Factum server does that. And right now, it's mm -hmm. a central server. But this next release, the the milestone two that they they've been working on is to go to a federated server model. Okay. Where it's that database is now going to be distributed among. And then you Google still have servers. to hold your own data, but they'll hold on to the hash yeah, information. Yeah, hold on to the hash information. So Yes. So with Tyrion, so you can you can actually yeah. uh, there's even an app where you can okay. uh, you can upload these hashes into the Factum uh, uh, blockchain. So so that that's how that's where it's being stored. It's sto being stored as as a layer, an application layer on top of Bitcoin. So, so Tyrion's literally uh -huh. it, it's doing something similar, but it's just bypassing the blockchain, and just making an API call to Tyrion, uh -huh. and then Tyrion will just do that for you, and then just send okay. you back the the your your receipt that you can then prove 
belongs in that Merkle root. So it's doing like the same thing. And then you can so just it hold it on your the own. Position oh, the you hold that root. on your own. Mm, yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. they're actually storing it on on uh, their own servers here, uh, which is going. They'll, to they'll share that information with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll share that info. They'll serve that information to you. You don't yep. have to hold on to it. So, uh, well, like I said, uh, they're, they're not. Well, fully you should hold on to your your proofs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you, you could also publish these. That they also that mm -hmm. means you could also with fact and publish these these proofs. Like they've they've done this with uh, some books. Uh, and I, I guess I'm just wondering, yeah. is it really uh, to to have that? I, to me, it seems like a lot of overhead to have a whole factum blockchain to uh, be able to peg stuff against a, a, a like a real secure blockchain. Because obviously, it seems like factums hold uh, use cases pegging stuff against other blockchains, and then they're like a they're like a helper service that that gets you there, and then use like factoids or something. Yes, yeah, so you use factoids to make so, entries into. This. So, is it really worth all that overhead if you can just make an API call to a service that will just do it for you? Well, uh, and then, and then, well, you're, and then uh, as soon as it gets in the blockchain, uh, it's immutable. Ultimately, ultimately, I think their vision is to become a fully decentralized blockchain. Right now, it's not there yet, right? But I, and they're taking one step there with this federated server model, right? Where it's not just them; it's going to be. He's been but, trying to ask a question. All right, go ahead. No, I was, I was just listening, yeah. actually. So, <laughs> so, okay. My bad. But here, so, I want to add this uh, so that because that way your listeners will know, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. you're asking a valid question. You know why? Why use the Factum service or technology when you just write it yourself directly there or use Tyrion like you said, right? Yeah, but here's where, the where thing. you're aggregating well, data. Here's, here's yeah. the thing. For an individual, that's doable. For an individual, if you want to go do that or if you're a small business. But if you look at a place like, let's say, they have contracts with the Homeland Security. Homeland Security is not going to go and do that. They're well, gonna they would rather outsource that to someone else that knows how to do that. To so, do it for them. Well, uh, so so like for for I mean, because you you can't because you know just can, do direct into the blockchain. But Tyrion provides like a sure, similar sure. type of service. Sure. To it. You Only can do it on do it with stuff. its own blockchain. I, I, it just does it with like, a Merkle. I don't route. know much about. We, we, yeah, uh, yeah, it was yeah. interesting. We can I, talk about. I, other I can things tell you a lot too. about Factum, but I I can't really say sure. as to so, what one versus the other. So well, okay, let's let's just move on. Um, so so what are what are the other big use cases that you see stuff that you? So we talked about proof of existence. That's obviously a use case. Okay, I can yeah. tell you uh, about Factum is they are going to focus on uh, mortgages this year. I think that's going to be a, a major... Uh, I used to work in the mortgage industry, sure. and so, good luck. I so, mean... So I, okay, I didn't say they will succeed. I'm saying that this is one, one area of focus for them. Uh, and uh, they, they explained that right now uh, mortgage-backed securities uh, are... It, it like one of the reasons we had the whole housing uh, collateralized debt obligations. Yeah, yeah. but, but mortgage-backed securities is because there's an entire paperwork that goes with a mortgage-backed securities, and and these securities it's very difficult to trade them because every time they're traded, the buyer doesn't know did this person have the, the right credit score? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of the supporting documents, right? Well, if you factomize it, imagine if you could just know that, okay, all of this work that was done before and the integrity of that work, right, can move with that security. And you have this hash. If you hash all of that, and then, of course, you can't store all those documents on the blockchain, but you can store the hashes of them. And then 
you can make you oh, can you can make sure. I have I have a question about Factum before we leave this. Okay, um, uh, but that that's a, that's a, a big use case that if it, I, I, I that don't was know. one of Blythe Masters's big ones because sure. like you know she as we know invented that whole instrument that sure. whole class of instruments sure. of the, those complex mm -hmm. derivatives. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I think a blockchain is probably an ideal use case for that. I don't mm -hmm. know exactly how it can how it's going to be implemented, but I know it sure sure will one day. Yes, uh, that makes so. Factum uses POW or POS? Well, it's a federated server. I, so it doesn't use... It doesn't okay, use, so it's yeah, not yeah. using... So so Factum itself isn't a blockchain, then? Well, it... it uh, yeah, depending on your definition. Depending yeah. on your definition. You know, yeah. I, I think they're... No, moving. depending on your definition. It's like... <laughs> so, so, we, so earlier we said uh -huh. uh, blockchain's immutable, and we're using some kind of algorithm. You said proof of work. Yeah, so it's immutable. What makes it immutable is their... Oh, is that um, they're anchoring? It's this whole idea of they're 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 proving that they have a hash and it's being anchored to Bitcoin, right? So that you can always reference their blocks as yes, we have this anchored our, our blocks hash into this hash that's that's being anchored into these. Right, it's a, it's yeah. anchored, but it itself isn't a blockchain. It's anchored to a blockchain, but it itself isn't a blockchain, right? Well, it's it, almost like a a factoid asset, like. Proof of federation. Proof of federation. Proof I don't of know. That doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. P -O POF. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So any, anyway, that, that, that's the uh, that's the whole idea. I think it is. They're trying to reduce the cost of making entries into the Bitcoin blockchain. If you ask me, like, what is Factum trying to accomplish? It's really, I think, it's a it's a order of magnitude cost reduction to insert data into, or at least to anchor data into the Bitcoin blockchain. Yeah, I would put it like the same thing as like a Tyrion or a yeah. ChainDB. It's it's some it's it's, it's an outside that, service yes. that just anchors itself to the blockchain, okay. mm -hmm. and that's probably going to mutate over time sure. too, because they're like you said, they're going to try to move away from federation. You said, yeah, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they've moved they're moving to a federated server instead of a, just a central server. So that's oh, so that's, so it's centralized now and it's moving well, toward I federation. Or? I, I don't remember. I know the milestone two that's out is moving to a federation of servers. Do you think they'll ever ever make it truly decentralized? I think they will. I, I know they're trying. I know they're 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 moving in that direction. Um, that, that, at, at that, yeah. At which point will it be a blockchain? <laughs> we're getting very philosophical. Yeah. Remember, we're invest okay. Remember, we're you're investors. Yeah, okay, you're investors. Right. Let's we're talk about so investments. The question, <laughs> that, 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 see, sure. see yeah, here's sure, the thing we'll that you guys got to remember yeah. about this, right? Yeah. The, the, the question that when we look at a uh, cryptocurrency project, we don't look at it as whether or not, you know, one, if Factum is better than Tyrion or vice versa. What we look at is what's the profit potential. Can we make money? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Because, Can, you know. Is it undervalued? Not, is it overvalued? Yeah, nothing exactly. changes. You know, you, you ain't going to make a change in this world until you have the money to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's let's go ahead. What are you willing to share as far as your strategy? Okay, you so know, like how do you? Why, hey, why don't you share with them what we <laughs> the the biggest miss we had last year was in 2016, so that they will know. Uh, yeah, yeah. To look so out for this we year. we uh, like uh, we have two different styles. I'm more of a fundamental analysis kind of guy, mm -hmm. and Ty he's is technical. more of a, a technical. <laughs> yeah. So he's looking at the charts and the squiggly lines <sighs> and. And supply and resistance, and and doing uh, all the charts, looking for, I, I would say a, a tactical entry and exit points mm -hmm. is is uh, based on the market action. I think that that's where Ty focuses more on. I'm more of a valuation guy. I look at these projects, and I try to 
put a number on a, a value on w- it. Would would you say you're more long term and he's more no, short term? No, 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 okay. no, no, absolutely not, absolutely no. not. Uh, I I I am also short term too, right? Okay. Like uh, I'll give you a a example of a short term call when ETC Classic first magically appeared on Poloniex, yeah. right? At first, I thought it was a scam, right? I thought um, it was a scam too. Yeah, I, I, at first I thought it was a scam, but then I kept watching it because there was so much volume. And I made a, uh, a valuation call. I said that, okay, it's trading at 50 cents now. That gives it this valuation. Uh, but if any exchange picks it up, it's going to double or triple. So at what point Just, is it not a scam? That's that's actually interesting. Well, okay, so But that's a short-term that, yeah. valuation. Like, that's an example of a valuation call. It was like, all right. This is what the market is valuing it at right now. But in in the near term, these are the things that might happen that could change that fundamental analysis, uh, that fundamental value. Such as simply if Bittrex and a bunch of these others, exchange, yeah. if Shapeshift picks you it listed up, listed on exchange, if it's an exchange or... now all of a sudden there's more liquidity. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it's you know you could instantly get a double or triple, right, in a very short period of time. So that's not that that's a that's using fundamental analysis. In a short term, short time period. So he he mentioned something about your biggest miss last year. Yeah. So one of our biggest misses uh, that we had just done the series was on privacy. Like we did not own or or cover even any of the uh, privacy projects, uh, and Monero was the largest uh, um, uh, gain. Uh, cryptocurrency actually. Turn around. Turn around. Yeah, Monero was the was the uh, biggest winner last year, um, with a three thousand percent return. I think that's it was. pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, but it was, you couldn't do better actually. Um, but you know, I, I we missed that because, uh, or I missed that because uh, I didn't see the fundamental value of privacy until sometime middle to late last year. I started to realize that I, I thought it was oh, it's just drugs. Didn't and, didn't see uh, the pony through the fluffy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I didn't see the pony through the fluffy. That, gotcha. Yeah, so I, I, I just oh, it's 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 about drugs and so, uh, you know it's about buying illicit things. So I've always um, had a different value proposition on the the privacy focused uh, uh, altcoins. Sure. Is I always figured uh, one day Bitcoin would prove to be too transparent for all the old school libertarians and they would just flock to the privacy alt. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. what I always uh, figured. The, 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 Let's the, talk the, about privacy. Yeah. All coins. Well, be, be, before we uh, uh, or, finish sure. that, um, you had a question earlier that we didn't get to answer. You said, at what point uh, yeah. you know if it's a scam or something like that? Yeah, that's actually an interesting question because a lot of yeah. these things come out and you're like, I don't know. And then at what point is it really the price? Is it the adoption? Is it the community? What like is it? Is it still a scam? Yeah, how like, do you could, it still, a scam? could it still so, end so, up being a scam? So for uh, and I'll say this right uh, so that in in case your listeners are new to uh, cryptocurrency, uh, whether it's for investing or for philosophical reasons or political reasons, right? A scam. Let's define a scam. A scam is when you give your if someone asks you for money and they say that they'll do uh, A B C and then. They say they're going to do their best to do to create ABC product or ABC service, and then you give them the money, and they run off with it, and you never see them, and you never hear back from them, and they don't do. So a scam anything. is when they don't attempt. Yeah, the scam is when they run off with your I, money. I, I think okay, so, <laughs> so I, it's really intention so, based. Yeah, it's intention. Yeah, it's, it's, an, it's, it's about intent. I, I wrote a series of tweets. You have to remember, uh, what is the difference between a scam 
and a project that just in failed. In a failed investment. In yeah. a failed investment, right? Yeah. And, and oh, well, it's, there's no difference in the money sense. To the, invest- no, no, you, to, to the, to the investor. Loss, a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not yeah. much. There's yeah. not much difference to an investor. So whether it, if it, when I, when you say, when the word scam implies criminal, you yeah. know, like it implies that. Fraud. Fraud, yeah, fraud. right? And, and a lot of fraud is about intent, right? Like, did I take this money from you intending to defraud you when I took it, right? And that, that's what I feel a, a scam is. Now, if, if I took the money from you and I actually did what I promised you that I was going to do with it, but it didn't work out. Or if you did a poor or job or of it. did a poor job of but it. But by that definition, like uh, ETC couldn't be a scam because they didn't take anyone's money. Exactly. They just kept so the that's why, right. That's <laughs> well, that's, right. That's anything, exactly right. So if no, anything, no, no. Right. What, what, what we, we, the, the reason why we thought it was a scam is not because Ethereum Classic, uh, which is known the symbol for its ETC, we didn't think it was a scam in the beginning because they stole anyone's money. We thought that. Poloniex listing it so was Poloniex a scam. was yeah. a scam. Yeah, well, that's well, what you're yeah, that listing. No, the listing, of, the listing of, it, of it, listing of it was a scam. Yeah, you know. Uh, th- but then when I mean, and, is but, it really from a game theory perspective? I mean, like, cause, like they're just putting an asset out there. If some people want to speculate on that asset, and if they lose money, is that a scam? I, it's just providing well, a service, that, well, right? The way it was presented it was, was presented, by the yeah. Ethereum community or the foundation uh, hmm. by Vitalik and his team and everything was that everyone agreed. To, to to go with the Bitcoin, the Ethereum hard fork, like including the exchanges, or yeah, like yeah. you know, and that's yeah. what the impression was. So if if everybody the, agreed, then the, the scam majority would be Ethereum's, it. not <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the, if, if everyone agreed to the hard fork to return to to bail out the DAO fiasco, right? And this one popular exchange went rogue and decided not to follow suit with the other ones. The, during the agreement, did Paulie agree would be, that? Huh? Did they agree and then and then and then go back on their what they said? They're no, going no, to? no. We we don't know we don't that. Know. We don't know. No, nobody knows that. Not transparent. You know what I'm saying? All. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so they might have never agreed. That, that that's then why. That's yeah. Well, that, I mean, even then, I mean, any actor is free to do whatever they want at any point in time, the, the, right? The, the, there's a lot of people in the community that calls every cryptocurrency a, a scam, scam as yes. soon as it comes out. You I, know? I've never, I never wondered who are you talking about. Oh. I mean, uh, it's like uh, Tone Vase. I mean, I really <laughs> expect it. He's, he's the ultimate. I but, won't but he, name any names. But here's I, just, a, I will. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'm not afraid name, to name right. it. I mean, he does what he does, and I respect him for it, you know, and I have no problems with him about it. Uh, that, Tone, Tone's our friend, but we're critical of him, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love Tone. Yeah. No, I, I nobody agrees with absolutely everybody everything else. Yeah, man, says, if, 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 if I would listen to him uh, when he talked about not investing in the Dow, uh, that would save yeah. me yeah. a bunch really of money. Really smart move. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I have, uh, you know, he he he's a the undisputed heavyweight Bitcoin maximalist, yes. and there's no he has no shame about that, and I appreciate that because I know that he's not going to waffle. So, um, so, so you guys, I don't know if if you're not cool answering or you just want to pass, it's oh, fine. Because I want to ask you some personal but, questions. Uh, <laughs> so if you if you want to pass on any of these, please just uh, pass. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll wait, wait for you. come back. Yeah. So I, I have Mike. I have a couple questions that get a little personal, but well, it's it, it might be interesting if they right. talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Well, right. so so I would just like to ask you guys. Um, so so of your total holdings, can you say what percentage of it is in BTC? Actually, in Bitcoin. In Bitcoin. Like, yeah. Oh, that's simple. Ah, uh, that varies. I mean, it, it varies it every varies day and every well, week. Order, order of magnitude. Are we talking okay, like so you know, rough it, it, level? At, when I first started, I I would say eighty percent of it was in Bitcoin, but as I, I think that percentage is going down uh, as as the the quality of these projects <laughs> is getting better uh, versus compared to when 
altcoins first were on the scene, say 2012. I, I think we can all agree that the quality of they're like all gone. Besides, like yeah, they're, they're, they're all gone. We get that question yeah, all, the get time, all the time, yeah. But yeah. it's not a relevant question, yeah. and here's the reason why. Here's the reason why it's not relevant anymore. Back in 2013, uh, when Leon and I first got into it, we were not certain. We didn't know if these altcoins were a scam or not. Even when we first invested into NXT, we didn't know. Everybody was screaming at the top of their lungs that this was a pre-mine scam and everything. We didn't know it. Nowadays, you know, we wish that we would have got in earlier on NXT, right? But here's the thing. In, in around 2000, uh, you know, between 2009 when Bitcoin first came out to about, I would say, to the end of 2013, right? After the fall of Mount Gox, right? Be, before the fall of Mount Gox, um, you can accuse some of these altcoins of being a scam. But after the fall of Mount Gox, it, it, you really couldn't say that anymore because some of these altcoin projects were legitimate projects, right? And once it was recognized that these altcoin projects were legitimate, it really did not matter if your money was held in that altcoin or in Bitcoin, especially if it was a stable altcoin it was a stable, or if it was a growing Bitcoin, uh, altcoin. Well, so, some have made... Tremendous strides yeah. against Bitcoin, especially sure. in the recent past. I sure. mean, you just reference. Is your mic on? Okay. Yes, it is. Oh, there you go. Sorry. Um, so, so you just mentioned Monero. I mean, it's sure. it's made tremendous gains sure. just this past yeah, week. Would you Dash rather... had like a like a hundred ridiculous rise against Bitcoin, rise, yeah. which itself is rising. Which yeah. Is yeah kind so, of would insane. you rather have your money in Bitcoin, or would you rather have it in Monero last year? I would have rather had my money instead of in Bitcoins. I would well, rather yeah. have it in Monero. Well, actually, that depends on the time frame. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I take your sure. point. for twenty sixteen. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Yes. So, so whether you know how much of someone's portfolio or how much of our portfolio is in uh, Bitcoin or if it's in Ethereum or if it's in Ethereum Classic or Monero. It, at this point, some of the top, like when, when we first started investing into cryptocurrencies, if you look on coinmarketcap.com, mm-hmm. uh, 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 where they list the, the, the most heavily traded, uh, all the, uh, the, the volume for all the cryptocurrencies that are traded on a daily basis, when we first looked at it in 2013, in the beginning of 2014, in the top dozen cryptocurrencies that were traded, only Bitcoin was over a million dollars. The most of the other altcoins were trading around close to over, just slightly over a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I right? remember. And we were always, we had a policy that you know what, we're not going to invest in, into anything that traded less than a hundred thousand dollars a day, right? And nowadays, it's in the top 20. You see coins being traded over a million dollars a day. So that shows you that in the world of cryptocurrency, that the volume of trading has already increased by 10x, by tenfold. And the market cap of all of cryptocurrencies, no matter how you want to measure it, I mean, CoinMarketCap has some nice charts uh, charting Bitcoin's market cap, the combined market cap, just the altcoin market cap without Bitcoin. Uh, It's at all-time highs. It's completely recovered from... The crypto market uh, the, in general. Yeah, yeah. the crypto yeah. market in general is growing every year. It's yeah. growing every year now. Uh, so there, we, we we started this channel is because I, you know, I I saw we start we saw almost from as soon as we got into this that there's huge potential here uh, to make life changing money. Prof- yeah, well, yeah. Profits, we are yeah. not in this to make five or ten or twenty or a hundred percent. I mean, a as mu- as crazy as it sounds, yeah. you know, we are looking for projects that can yield. 
you know, thousands. Three, yeah, well, thousands. Well, it's funny of you percent. say that. Yes. Well, right now, from 2013, I think we're up a hundred percent. Or sorry, sorry. Well, hundred x, hundred x, hundred x. Yeah, like hundred uh, x. Recently, uh, so that's you what, and 10, I have ten thousand percent. Ten thousand percent. You yeah. said since what year? Since 2013, January one. For Bitcoin? Yeah. Yeah, it was thirteen dollars January one, two thousand thirteen. Oh, oh, oh yeah. the beginning. Yeah, okay. and, and just so that your listeners know, mm-hmm. in case they're new to cryptocurrency investing, um, a five hundred percent return or five hundred percent gain or five or a thousand percent gain is not unheard of. That's normal in the cryptocurrency world. Well, it is, see, but losses will, are also argue, normal. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I will argue this too about cryptocurrencies, and let's broaden that out to tech investing in general. So I would argue that the returns we're seeing in cryptocurrencies have always occurred in the tech investing. Yeah, yeah. that's a very good point. It, it, it's like, well, what's your return on Google? What's your return on Facebook? What's the your difference return is Uber? it's pre-IPO. The, the difference is now, the difference between Uber and Facebook and Google and Apple and all these things that have really returned even more than cryptocurrencies. Yeah, okay? yeah very much Just, so. But the difference is that they weren't accessible Access. to us That's common folks. Right. Right? So this is not like... You have to mind. be a sophisticated uh, investor, accredited, accredited investor. And uh-huh. and on top of yeah. that, you have to have enough money for them to agree to take you on as an investor. Exactly. That's right. And That's that, right. That, that was the reason why we uh, you were asking uh, earlier in the show about you know what prompted us or what motivated us to start the cryptocurrency channel. We actually started it back. Uh, we made some of the first videos back in uh, 2000, um, late 2013, and by the time we finished editing them and putting it up online, it was in 2014, early 2014, late 2013, early 2014. And the reason was because we wanted to share it with our friends and family. So, do you? So, just curious. Y'all do a lot of research, do a lot of investment. You trade a lot of coins. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you trade alts for alts. And you, know, you trade alts for Bitcoin and everything. Do you do a lot of that for friends and family, or how? how uh, do, like, are y'all trying to start, like, for instance, like a crypto hedge fund for no, people? No, like, no absolutely. No, no. We have no I, interest I mean, in that. I mean, I help my family and my friends a little bit for their personal accounts, like how to set up their hardware wallets, how to open a Coinbase account. I mean, I do that just for my close friends and family. We, but that's not what we. It's, it's not yeah. your business. No, it's yeah, not it's our so business. So just personal. Model. This is all yeah. personal all investment. Personal, I mean, yeah. we'll help you each know, other we here help and each there, other. but um, the, the the reason why is because the, the, here's the reason why because most people they, they just don't believe in it. And, and we're not here to drag people to go and create life-changing money. There's plenty of people that follow us on YouTube and online that, would, that, that are willing to listen to us. Why, why waste time with the people? You know, the Bible says that the prophet is never recognized in his own hometown. You know, so the people that are around us, they, they, when we tell them about it, they, they never believe it. I mean, I, have, I remember I have a, a friend, he came and he told me, about bitcoins one day and and i told him and after he found out that you know leon and i have a bitcoin channel on so youtube he, so he came to you and yeah, like, he hey i found started, this amazing thing and he started telling me about bitcoins and i said you you do know that we run the most popular <laughs> cryptocurrency and bitcoin investing channel on the internet right and he goes yeah man you should really look into this and that and i'm like how many bitcoins do you have and he has absolutely none. How many Doesn't Bitcoin? even know how. All right, let's know. go around the table. How many Bitcoins do you have? 
Absolutely none. What's a Bitcoin? I don't know. What? So the reason why is this, guys. Let me let's make sure that your audience understands this, right? Our mission statement, uh, our vision is to see the the little guys on Main Street invest and make life changing profits like the big boys on Wall Street, and our mission is to help educate. The, the public, the, the, the little guy on, on Main Street to do what the, guy, the big boys are doing on Wall Street. And one thing that I've learned is this, is that when, if, if we tell people that we have one Bitcoin, uh, they're going to think that we're a bunch of jokesters. <laughs> you know, that, hey, we, we're just big talk. You know, in Texas, where we come from, that's what they call, you know, big hat, no cattle. Right, I never heard that one. Yeah, well, you know, that's. I think that's, I get the. That's I, I the, get it. I think I in Atlanta, you guys call it posers. Posers. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we 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 try not to do that because we don't want to be accused of being a poser or you know the, the guys with big hat and no cattle. So that's on one end of the spectrum. On the other end of the spectrum, the people that do believe in us, right? We don't want to to squash their dreams, their hopes, or their motivation. And, and make them think that, oh, you know, these guys are able to make that kind of investments and they're able to take these kind of advantage of an opportunities because they have hundreds or thousands of Bitcoins, so, right? We want to motivate anyone on Main Street, any little guy, you know, uh, to be able to do it, whether it's with, you know, a dollar, with $10, with $100, with $10,000. We want to encourage people to take advantage of this opportunity in the cryptocurrency world so and I- not... You know, you guys follow yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, I follow. We don't want to demotivate yeah. people if oh, there's such it's, a thing. It's the same reason, and in, just, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, it's the same reason you never tell a kid his IQ. <laughs> 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 because right. either he's he's too smart and he doesn't want to try, or he's dumb and he there's no point. Sure. So so you never tell a kid his IQ. <laughs> I've never um, heard that one. Yeah. Well, tell me my IQ. <laughs> yeah, well, like... Well, Somebody like, must have told you. The, the, the guys... <laughs> yeah. the, I don't know the, what that means. <laughs> the, 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 let, let's just no. say the, this. The people who are experienced crypto investors... Yeah, when they follow our channel, they they can listen to what we say and read between the lines and have an idea, you know, what kind of positions that we hold. So, but I, so. I take it you guys have made some money. I'm just operating under the assumption of that. So, yeah. so what are your? I'm assuming that on uh, the U.S. tax code and treatment of profits in cryptocurrency, and what, do, you, do you care to comment on on taxes in general? Are you keeping track of all your We're not uh, accountants. We're so. not accountants. We're not tax lawyers. Um, I will defer that to CPAs and people in the professional. Um, do, do you employ accountants? I, I have an yeah, accountant. Okay, that, that's I like what I'm asking. Yeah. I have an accountant, <laughs> so I will defer. And I, I send my accountants every time the IRS sends out a notice about Bitcoin or anything like that. I'm, I send it to my, um, my CPA and get them updated on it, you know. So if I hear anything or any rumors on the street or anything like that, I, I do send it to them so okay. they're educated on it. So y'all are trading a lot. I'm sure you have a some kind of percent on the actual exchanges. Do y'all get worried and how? Like, do you try to move uh, coins immediately to cold storage, or do you say, have you, you know ever what? Lost anything in a hat? I, I have. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. If, if anyone that's been investing, <laughs> I, I want to know first my question. Yeah. I was going to ask you about the hacking, but. What what's the strategy as far as you know getting like are, are you comfortable with holding a large amount no, of crypto on exchanges? No, absolutely not. I am. We uh, believe it or not, I don't really trade as often as it may sound that I do. Yeah. Um. So that I keep 
uh, most of my crypto off the exchanges, whatever I, I can. Um, the only amounts I may keep on exchanges is that are, are, are cryptos that I feel where it's a higher risk to hold those tokens on my computer than to just leave it on the exchange. What's an example of that? I won't, I, I, well, um, I won't say, right? But That's the, fine. That's but, fair. But, but, but yeah. there are certain projects like where I might want to speculate on them. I don't even trust downloading their wallets. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, that's a very, very scary thing. Yes. Because uh, the next coin that comes out, and, and you and try it, could be a not, Trojan and yeah, steal exactly, all your yeah, Bitcoin. Exactly. So I'd rather say, all right, I'll take the risk of the exchange getting hacked than the risk of downloading their wallet, running it on my computer. And, and, and keep in uh, mind uh, uh, for your listeners, too, yeah. that whenever it's a risky investment like that, Obviously, we're not going to put a lot into it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, we're going to put a, just a small fraction into it, yeah. just to test the waters. Uh, between Leon and I, I probably have more on the exchanges than he does because I do more active trading than he yeah. does. So the the trading volume I do is a lot higher do, than his. Uh, do you ever buy an altcoin and say when it hits this amount of satoshis or bit cents, I'm selling? Like, do you make those? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. We we yeah, you're not a trader if you're not. If you yeah, don't, we we do whether you do it on a technical level, like Ty likes to do this based on charts and supply resistance and technical analysis. I'm more of a valuation. I I I believe. Uh, you know, I, I, I actually have valuation targets that I set on uh, the projects I follow. Uh, for example, on, on Factum, which we followed very closely, I was calling a $30, a $30 million valuation, which is $3.45 on the token, um, and uh, based on, you know, some fundamental analysis that I, I do. And, and, and so we definitely have targets that we say, that it doesn't mean that we sell everything at those those targets, but it it means that okay, uh, we, this, we we do take some we profits do take off. some profits. You know what? It's 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 time that we to to take off some positions uh, because th that's fair value or it's more than fair value, and it's worth uh, taking off some so, some uh, selling was, some tokens. Yeah. Well, yeah. So so uh, before we were asking if you got hacked. Uh, did, yes. Did, well, was it like uh, the exchange that got hacked? Yes. Yes. The person? exchange got hacked. So, I, yeah. I I've. Pretty am lucky that I haven't been hacked, but uh, I had some a few tokens on Crypty, you know. Crypty, oh. and that was there's so hack. many that, that a, have gone that down. A, that was an exit gone. scam. Yeah, that was an yeah. exit scam. Yeah, but uh, but no, I, I lost some on uh, a Bitrix. Bitrix, uh, Bitrix with the total two factor. I didn't have my two factor on, but it was like I said, I I don't have. <laughs> Large amount sitting on it. But nobody, nobody had anything in like Bitfinex when it went I down. Did not, Bitfinex was a Hong Kong yeah. exchange, so I did not have anything there at all. Um, you, you know what's interesting is that um, the, the same hacker that hacked the uh, Bittrex, yeah. that, that hacked uh, Leon's, uh, that, you know, he, had, he lost some money from that Bittrex uh, hack. But then they they returned it. They they returned it, but I took a I still took a loss because the the hack they, they refunded me bitcoins. Uh, they they refunded you personally, bit oh Bitrix did no, no yeah. yeah so they did yeah. they did make everyone whole right uh, because but, but I thought you were talking the hacker I was like what no no no, no. <laughs> Bittrex, Bittrex Leon did. and the hacker go way back. yeah way way back yeah no, they, they, no. They, they they did make everyone whole uh, but that's only if you held bitcoins because what the hacker did was he. He reset everyone's password, oh. uh, and then sold any 
altcoins you were holding into Bitcoin and then withdrew the Bitcoins. And, and so that's okay. why you didn't have two-factor auth. So I didn't have two-factor yeah. auth because it be and the reason it was such a small amount that I yeah didn't just worry about didn't it. even worry about it. Um, so, uh, but I turned it on now after that happened. But so what's funny, uh, what's interesting is that um, the hacker that hacked, uh, uh, I, I don't know, I don't have no evidence of this, but the uh, a hacker that that hacked into my uh, uh, that has been trying to hack me ever since I've been online. Oh, personal, it's probably Leon. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's probably Leon. Oh no, no, no! This is this is this is not a joke because we we there are people attempting to hack us all the time, like we're 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 uh, uh, primary targets of hackers uh, all over the world. Uh, since we have a popular cryptocurrency channel, so we're always on the lookout for that. But Just wait you know, for it, buddy. That's why we use we don't use YouTube. We use SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they'll find out. <laughs> uh, but uh, what happened was what's interesting was that the, when they hacked uh, uh, <laughs> me personally, they also claimed that they uh, were the same ones that hacked uh, Bittrex. Huh. So I don't know how. I mean, I have no. That may or may not be true. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's easy to make that. Claim. But the 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 reason why there may be some validity to it is that. When when you got hacked, uh, when your account got hacked at uh, Bittrex, uh, nobody knew about that except for me and you. And Bittrex. well, other uh, uh, some of my friends who didn't have two factor auth on also lost. Yeah, but they. I mean, the only reason why I say that is because how would that hacker know that that you have an account at Bittrex? Well, I did tweet about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, okay. So I, I did, I did the Twitter blockchain. In fact, in fact, the Bittrex announced that they were hacked. Uh, they were hacked, and basically yeah. everyone who did not have two-factor authentication on had their passwords reset, and uh, that's how the hacker got in. So, so you guys, you're a fundamental guy, you're a technical guy. Yeah. So, what do you guys think about the big news of the Bitcoin ETF? Uh, do you think it's going to go or not? And do you think it'll affect I price either way? Um, I believe that it's gonna, uh, it will get approved, but when it gets approved, um, I don't. There's, I there's a bit of a deadline, a, so, so you're not you're talking about March 11th. Yeah, we're talking right? about yeah. March 13th. March 13th. March yeah, 11th. yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm very familiar with the yeah. March 11th, March 13th deadline, but that's not the end of it. If they say no, I mean, they can always bring it back up yeah. later on, six months from now, a year from now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's only a matter of time. There's no way that there's that many people. Uh, submitting requests to get their ETF approved, and then the SEC just turn it down every time. Yeah, uh, I, I'll give you my, my opinion on that, and I'll, I'll actually tell you what I think uh, from a... From Please. A, uh, I think there is about a 30, 33% chance that it will get passed, uh, which means I think it's two to one against uh, getting passed. I think that if it does, if it doesn't get passed, we lose about a hundred to one hundred fifty dollars from here. From we're sitting here around almost thirteen hundred. I think if it does get passed, I think it runs to around two thousand. Uh, so if you ask me, like how, what I think about this ETF? If you're right, we're gonna call you back. Uh, well, I don't know. Well, oh, well, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't keep know in mind, guys, I, you I, are talking. To the oracle of cryptocurrency. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm saying I'm saying I'm saying uh, it two to one uh, that it, it it most likely won't get passed. But if it does get passed, you'll we'll probably run to two thousand. And if it doesn't get passed, we probably lose a hundred to one hundred fifty bucks. Yeah. Um, that's my, I, I'd that's be I'd be inclined to agree. I don't I don't I mean, know about the chances of it going or not. I, I give it fifty fifty just because I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> the, the days of yeah. the days of uh, Bitcoin being under a thousand. Dollars, 
is 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 shrinking. You know, I mean, anybody that's been in in, in cryptocurrencies for a while, they they've lived through the uh, ups and downs of, of of Bitcoin. It does feel a lot more solid this time. Yeah, I mean, I, I anybody that's in uh, that's getting into Bitcoins now, I mean, I actually in a way envy them because when Leon and I got into it, we had no clue how long this roller coaster is going to last, right? But when people get into it now, the one thing that you don't have to worry about is is Bitcoin a scam. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, that, that's not it's even kinda, an issue. It at least has a track record. Yeah, like yeah, like you look at something vetted. like uh, <laughs> Ethereum, or you look at something like Litecoin. You know, you don't have to ask yourself if that's a scam anymore. Whereas when when Leon and I first got into it in 2013. I still have to ask that question to myself. Yeah, I mean, you can. I mean, it's. I mean, there's a lot of people that. I mean, there's people that still do, but I mean, in general, like even in 2013, when someone asked Leon or myself if Bitcoin was a scam or not, we were still very cautious, you know, on how we answer that. Sure. And nowadays, if somebody asks us, "Hey, Ty, is, uh, is is Bitcoin a scam?" I mean, it's the absolutely not. Yeah, you know, yeah. so. It's it's uh, you you know investors can come into the world of cryptocurrencies with um, with something like Bitcoin or Ethereum or something like that and not have to deal with the issue of whether it's a scam or so, not. So so let's let's just say that Bitcoin ends up being the one that that supersedes. Just make that mm-hmm. as an assumption. Not saying it's yeah. happening. Uh, according high, to Tone Vays, it is. Well, according to Tone Vays. Uh, how high do you think Bitcoin can actually climb if that were the case? How high if could it, it possibly it, okay, get? Okay, so if you're saying the assumption is that Bitcoin becomes the, uh, dominant, the cryptocurrency. dominant cryptocurrency of the internet. Yeah. Right? And it's like used for everything. Uh, and it's used internet. as a not, uh, and therefore it's also, that also would imply that it is a major asset class. Yeah. Right? I think it goes. Into the hundreds of billions in that case. So wait, for, wait, for wait, total market cap, for total market oh, cap, I think yeah, yeah. Per <laughs> coin. Not, that would be awesome. Coin. Not <laughs> per, well, well, take hundreds of billions, whatever hundreds of billions divided by the sixteen million that's outstanding. There's yeah. your price. So you don't think okay. a trillion? So you don't think a trillion? Uh, possibly in decades. I think I think a trillion is reasonable in over. Not in the short term. Not in the short term. We're talking I, about Bitcoin. Yeah, Bitcoin. Bitcoin. If, if, if it is, the, if it is the dominant, if it is the one, yeah. I, I could right. see. I could. So see we'll say cryptocurrency up. in general. And, okay, yeah. cryptocurrency in general. I think it is definitely like if you just ask me cryptocurrency in general, it might be Bitcoin. We don't. Yeah, it yeah, might yeah. Be Some other thing that doesn't even exist yet, mm-hmm. right? I think I, I we I think we both agree that this will become a major asset class uh we will think of cryptocurrencies in the same way we think of uh stocks stocks, bonds bonds, real estate precious metals uh so so but the the, that's our vision like bitcoin the market cap of bitcoin right now is 20 billion so if you're saying hundreds of billions of dollars that's that's only 10x over where we are now roughly oh in the short run yeah in the in the say within i would say five to ten years five to ten years five to ten years but i ultimately see over decades that this evolving into well it will be say 10 to 20 years from now, like people will say, they'll look at Bitcoin, at uh, cryptocurrency allocation, similar to the way they say, hey, how many stocks do you own? Or how much real estate do you own? How much precious metals do you own? It will be a, one, uh, uh, we, we see it as a major asset class currencies, right? If you want to list, if you want to list out what are the major asset classes today, mm-hmm. uh, I can say currencies, 
um, stocks, stocks, bonds, gold, bonds, gold, real estate, right? Real estate, yeah. Each of these asset classes, their market value is in the trillions, all of them, right? And I see cryptocurrencies eventually getting there. And, but not, but your, your time horizon is like 20 years. Decades, yeah. Decades. It would be in the decades. decades. Okay. Yeah, decades. It would be in the decades periods. I, I, I do see this. I do see uh, Bitcoin, uh, and I know it's going to tickle tone vase to hear this, right? But I, I can definitely see Bitcoin producing more millionaires than all of the Fortune 500 companies combined. All the Fortune 500, when all these Fortune 500 companies go IPO and all the millionaires they produce, like we come from Austin, Texas. When Dell went public, it produced a bunch of what they call Dellionaires. Yeah, the Dellionaires. Right? I've heard of them. And, yeah. that, and, and it was massive amounts. And that will be pale in comparison to the amount of to millionaires Bitcoin early that, that Bitcoin will produce. Mm-hmm. Or cryptocurrencies in general. Like we yeah. said, yeah. we don't know for sure if it's Bitcoin, but you know, we, uh, we wouldn't be doing this channel if we didn't believe that it will evolve into a major asset class. And when we talk asset classes, we're talking trillions, uh, not, not billions or hundreds of millions, but trillions. Um, you know, it, it's funny because... <laughs> You know, I had a uh, conversation with uh, Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister uh, from Baltimore. And um, I was on his show, or he was on our show one time. And we were talking about Bitcoin maximalists. And we both agreed that, that Tom Vase was, you know, the undisputed heavyweight uh, Bitcoin maximalist. And I think we may need to define that for your audience, too. A Bitcoin There's maximalist. actually a lot of Bitcoin maximalists yeah. out there. <laughs> I, what, is, what is a Bitcoin maximalist? A Bitcoin maximalist is anyone that is a diehard fan of Bitcoin, and they don't see any other cryptocurrency succeeding uh, other than Bitcoin because they believe that Bitcoin is software, and eventually whatever features or, or functions that other uh, cryptocurrencies have, it will eventually be absorbed and, and, and built on. So, top of so with Bitcoin. that being said, do you think all altcoins are scams to then sell and get more Bitcoin? Uh, no, no, no. Because no. uh, I feel like that's what a maximalist would say. Uh, well, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, and they have the right to say that. But the, the, you know, believe it or not, you know, in some way, Leon and I are diehard Bitcoin maximalists. The the only difference between closet like, maximalists. Uh, most definitely. <laughs> you know, we, I mean, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, we, I share the same beliefs that, that Tone Vase uh, shares. The only difference, the only other uh, difference that, that Leon and I share that's different is that if there's an opportunity to make money, we're going to take advantage of it. Uh, so real quick, do you, because um, we, we probably need to wrap it up soon, but do you look at your investments as I want to get more Bitcoin eventually, or do you look at it as I want to get more U.S. dollars eventually? Like, how do you view it? Or it's, do, it's or a combination of both. Combination. It's okay. a combination of both. It's a combination, and it will change because the definition of value will change over time. What is the value coin right now? What is the money coin? Do you see it as like a privacy uh, coin, like Monero, or is it Bitcoin? I, 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 in, okay. in the crypto world, there's undisputed that Bitcoin is the reserve, is the backing currency of yeah. how every other asset, uh, every other altcoin is measured by. What's okay? number two? Uh, that's a good question. What do you mean? That's what, what's well, what's the number two currency well, out well, there? What's your What's your backup money? As if if Bitcoin isn't it, you mean among the cryptos? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. definitely it would have to be Ethereum because of its liquidity okay. and uh, it, it's just its market cap and its liquidity. Uh, you what know, about you know, Ripple? I, I, I personally, uh, <laughs> Sorry, you know, and, and this is something that yeah. may surprise a lot of the listeners here, is that people think Doge. That, 
No, <laughs> no, no, no. That would surprise our no. listeners. No, no, no. Their code hasn't been updated since 2015, <laughs> so we cannot recommend that. You know, um, you know, a lot of people think that just because Leon and I are on the same team and that you know uh, we have a team behind us that helps us do the research and, and do a lot of things for our channel, it's just that most of them choose to remain anonymous and don't want to be seen or heard. Um, so there's more than just uh, we're just the tip of the iceberg. How, how big is your network? Like, uh, I I, I want to ask a real deep question, and I, I I want you to answer it as best you can. I want you to take it serious. You, in my opinion, y'all do have a big influence, and mm-hmm. I want to know how big do you think your influence is? Like what my Casey was asking, how big is your network, and then how much do you think you can actually sway the market and affect the prices of these altcoins? Because that puts you in a weird position of like pump and dump kind of ideas, and I want y'all. I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just saying, please comment on that, including like, yeah. Yeah, we, we get accused of that. Uh, we get these trolls that accuse us of uh, pumping and dumping certain coins all the time. Uh, to give you guys the, uh, the um, I mean, we've talked about coins, and it shoots up 100 200% before. And uh, I don't know if that answers so, your can, question. Can you give us we, an example? I mean, just because it already happened. It's I mean, not we, like we, we talked, uh, uh, and we didn't even announce it. Uh, the, the, the guys on the, 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 the Stratus community found out that we were going to interview them, and it shot up like 100, uh, over yeah, 100%. It, wasn't even, it was speculation uh, it, it, on speculation. Yeah, it was speculation. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, that's we, how markets work. We, like, yeah. This was sometime last year, is that we didn't even, it wasn't even the, it, we, we announced that we were going to interview Chris uh, Trey from Stratus, right? And that caused the, the market to double. or, or The so pre-pump we, pump. Yeah, the pre-pump. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it wasn't even, like, we didn't even say anything yet. We just said we were going to say, we're, we were going to do this yeah. interview, right? It wasn't even, we, had, we hadn't even and, interviewed them yet. Buy I mean, the like, rumors, saw the news of the interview. I know we, uh, we did the, um, uh-huh. uh, we interviewed uh, Sasha Ivanov from the uh, Waves platform in Russia. Yeah. And when we interviewed him, you know, I mean, we saw, like, during the time that they raised the ICO, so I take uh, I take it you're investors in waves. Well, I mean, like <laughs> uh, we, we we disclose that every time yeah, that we, if yes. you hear us talking about yes. it, you might as well. Yeah, assume yeah, yeah. That that's that's, that's why it. that's why we're I just brought it up. Yeah. Yes, yes. If we're, yeah. Yes. And, and we have no problems if somebody asks us, you know, hey, are you uh, uh, an investor in this cryptocurrency that you're talking about? We always disclose yeah. it. Yeah. There's never so, a time. So I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Please carry on. But. You know, you were asking the influence that we have on the markets. I know that when uh, Leon and I uh, interviewed Sasha Ivanov about the Waves platform, we saw like over $2 million come into his ICO during the time that we interviewed him. Yes. So if you're having an ICO, to the people listening, talk to Ty and Leon, foo.com, <laughs> about uh, they, they will help. Put money into but your ICO. We, 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 talk, but, but, we talk a little mm-hmm. bit, and we don't want to do that. In fact, no. we, we've we've cut back on it we, because we saw these things happening. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like a celebrity uh, endorsement. I, yeah, which yeah, I, and we, really we, we, want we do, do want to uh, avoid we, that. We do want to avoid that. We're we're, we're actually working very hard. Uh, not like, in fact, like for ICOs, I try not to even mention them while they're going on because yeah. I, I really don't want to be viewed, like you said, as a pumper or anything. So I'd rather not Or say, worse, like Max Kramer. Uh, <laughs> like yeah, Kramer. I, I really rather just like, like wait for the... Yeah, because even if I know something was going to happen, I'd rather just wait for it to happen and then let the market react. Then I will make some comment on it. You know, yeah. after it's happened. So I won't, yeah, we, we've had some, yeah. uh, uh, quite a few ICOs What kind of Oracle us. are you? 
Here's the thing. We do extensive research. We do research. And we make enough money from the crypto, where regardless whether it pumped or not, you know. I mean, our research is based on the quality of the uh, ICO. And if we do get a... Um, a uh, if we do work on a project, you know, that if we get sponsored by a particular project, like there's a privacy project that we're working on right now that we're being sponsored, you know, on, we, we fully disclose it at the beginning and at the end of every video, right? And if someone asks us, you know, hey, are you guys being sponsored by these guys, you know, or by this project? You know, we, we, we disclose it. We don't hide sure. anything, uh, uh, you know, so, because the thing is we don't want our viewers to come back and say that we are, you know, pumping something on them. Or something like that, right? So, so historically speaking, not 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 future, but which which asset do you guys think you've seen the biggest rise in your portfolio in on a percentage basis? Well, we, uh, we, no, like, they missed Monero. We missed Monero. We missed Monero. Oh, we missed Monero. Oh, that's why we're doing the privacy research. Sorry, what was your sorry. biggest win? Oh, sore subject. Sorry, yeah, yeah. guys. <laughs> so, sorry. Yeah, what was biggest your biggest win? win? Yeah. The biggest that? win is actually things that. People don't expect. Like, well, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, if you get in early on a really small one and sure, you time sure. the sell uh, right, so, you can so make gangbusters. So there were huge winners. I mean, I mean, in, in no particular order. No I mean, particular order. Just off the top of my head, of course, Ethereum was a big winner. Everyone was in that. Were you uh, pre-sale? Um, I was. I participated in the ICO. That was two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, but we had other big ones. Uh, Stratus was a, a, a huge win. Yeah, too. Stratus was probably uh, uh, one of the biggest wins yeah. for our team. Um, so win yeah. means you're out. Yeah, have you? I mean, have you sold your position? No, yet? no, no, okay. no, no. I, I mean, okay. I, I was, so so it's still a win, even we, if you're in that position. We're still, still. in the position. Okay. Yeah, we, 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 it's position. it's extremely rare that we sell 100 percent of our yeah. our position. Yeah, we we are really on, investors. Uh, like we will sell uh, or or just reduce our risk, but you know uh, we generally believe in. Uh, the long-term prospects of the yeah. things we invest in. We generally do believe it. Now, that doesn't mean we don't take profits when we, when, if I see that, if I feel that this project is worth this much and it, it, the market decides to value it higher than I believe that it's worth, of course I'm going to take some, you know. And, and there's no um, regret. There's no, you know. If we take it out and the market goes up higher, yeah. there's no regret. We don't yeah. Yeah. regret. Uh, but, but generally, we, we generally believe in, in things that we invest in, unless something changes that where we no longer believe in it. I find that's yeah. a good strategy is don't take everything out because you experience less regret if it does come. Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. But yeah. Sure, sure. So that, that, that's that's generally what the you know we we had a, a lot of winners. Uh, uh, economy we talked about. Peer plays was another big win. Uh, Factum was another. So big you guys win. are just all over the space. We, I, I mean, yeah. we even talk about things that we don't invest in yeah. too. Like for example, like Chronobank. Yeah, we, uh, we, we took a pass on. Chrono. We we passed yeah. up on that. We did not invest in it, and yeah. we made videos and explained to people that we were getting a bunch of inquiries. Yeah. If we were invested into it or not. And we said no, we didn't. Yeah, and, you and know, we, yeah, we passed. Like we, we looked. Just, I thought everything you talk about, that. you invest in. No, but the well, ones well, that we talk we about that we don't. About it. We looked at it. We didn't talk about it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like here, here's the thing though. Yeah. I did talk about it on video, and I did tell people that I'm not investing into, and no one yeah. on our team is. Yeah, but but we looked so, at a lot of projects, and a lot of things we looked at, we never talked about. It. We took a pass on th- it. Uh, this is probably my last question. What what percent of your profitability is based off of um, I would say you doing this kind of technical analysis and understanding the value proposition versus actually talking with the people and getting information, talking with communities, trying to get as much uh, inside information, even uh, 
you know, to, to help well, you well, with your position. Like, what do you mean? Like, like versus, you know, looking at graphs and trying to understand if something's overvalued or undervalued versus actually like maybe talking to like the people and the founders and no, it's a combination, a combination of both. You know, I mean, any 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 way to split that, or is it just kind of? No, no, no. It varies no. on different projects. It, it, it varies. Yeah. It, it, okay. Usually, the way that we do it is this: we have a uh, uh, in-house secret recipe. Okay. Ah. That that is made up of Leon doing the research on the project, uh, and then and then he determines whether or not it's good based on his analysis and his valuation models that we uh, that we use, and then he'll bring it to the rest of our team and pretty much he has to convince the rest of our team that it's worth investing in the investor we're, team yeah on our team on the cryptocurrency dot market team okay how so do, remember we're okay. just two guys on the front uh we're just how, uh, how the, big is that team uh we'd rather not disclose that because the guys ask us to keep it private sure so okay. i mean that's if, if they it was okay with it, them, it's, it's with, like a private right. thing they all do okay yeah, yeah. Right. but it's, it's like it's, you know probably like 20 you know so like low yeah, yeah. Level, probably like probably like 10 people more, something like that well we won't yeah, say it, it could be just two like, guys it could, it could just be three guys it's, it's just you know, them they're, they're just the two guys yeah but uh we we so what he does is then he brings it back and presents it to the rest of us on his uh research and his findings and then he basically has to sell us on why you know this is something that we need to look at and invest in mm-hmm. and then the rest and then if it's something if it's doing an ico uh, then you know we sit there and we debate it and we discuss it to see why what yeah. why is this different what's the valuation what we can expect from it yeah so i'll give you an example of one we did last year and this was with say stratus and, and a lot of what we do is relative valuation saying if this if the market valued this project for this much amount of money, then what about this project? How does that compare with this project? So uh, I'll give you an example of what uh, an argument I made last year during when Stratus was doing their ICO. And this was a heated argument yeah, yeah, uh, too, okay? Yeah. So it's not something yeah. that was so, like... So recently what had happened was Lisk, uh, before it did their ICO, one of the second largest ICOs, the, the market, uh, I, I think they raised 14,000-something Bitcoin. I don't remember the exact figure, but I do remember the valuation came in at around seven to eight or nine million, something like that. And then um, the next uh, ICO I looked at was Stratus, which was kind of, you know, it was like, okay, well, the market just gave this valuation to this project over here. And this project, uh, I think Stratus at the time was coming in at 700,000. Like they only raised like what 900 something bitcoins or something like that yeah like yeah yeah it was it was very it's like 600,000 well under a million and i was and and then i'm looking at it from a fundamental value i'm saying well if the market gave lisk 7 million over here 7 to 9 million uh, i'm not saying this may not be as good as lisk but it it's more than 700,000 <laughs> you know so i was like okay well I, I'm not. I don't know if this is. It could be. It could be. Well, I didn't think it was a scam because one of the persons on their team was a Bitcoin Core developer. So, you know, I, I had a sense that okay, it's probably not a scam. And at that valuation, if they do anything, if they even try to do anything of what they say they're doing, this is at least a two or three x. If the market was willing to value Lisk at this much, and then before that value waves at that at sixteen million, I think it was. Then you know I'm looking at this. This is not much worse than. It's definitely not a tenth of the value. Um, so it's that kind of. Uh, I have a question about that value stuff. Yeah. Like, 
I mean, because I'm just mm-hmm. thinking that a lot of people probably put money in because they see it going up, speculating, having no idea how much value is actually there. No, so you, are you, you trying to speculate the value of yeah, the long yeah, you, term? You, you, or no, just no, no, you, you asked us earlier. Ask yourself the okay, so oh, yeah. when investment is about opportunity cost, right? It's about like, okay, should I put my dollar over here or should I put my dollar over there? Right, so uh, yeah, the market is going to do what the market is going to do. We have no control of the market, but we you can say that okay, well, if if this project is getting this valuation from the market, right, and this other project here, and you can compare fundamentally, like okay, what are they trying to do? Who is on the team? Uh, what is their roadmap? Uh, do do we think that this team can execute? So you have a list of fundamental analysis where I'm looking at the quality of the project. And then I'm also then looking at what is the price I have to pay to get that, right? And then you can do comparison shopping, right? You can, you can say that, all right, well, regardless of the reasons that the market valued Lisk at $9 million and only valued Stratus at 700000 well, you know, if, if I was willing to make a bet over here at that valuation, then why shouldn't I make a bet over there uh, if, if it's even half as good at, at, the, at the price that the market was offering you? Why, why not take a shot at that if you were willing to take a shot over here? And we don't always yeah. agree on it. We don't always Because, like, like, for example, yeah. the Stratus example yeah. um, that he just gave, right, um, he presented his case and the rest, of us, uh, the rest of us on the team looked at it and half of us agreed with him and the other half did not. And I was one of the people that did not agree with it. And, and do you guys always invest as, like, a unified group, like equal percentage of the whole, or do you each do your own thing? It's relatively close, uh, and, and and so so how much is basically what the question you're asking is how much, you know, are we going to lay on the line? How much? Uh, how big is the bet size? And it's, no, it's, fa- well, it's fairly. No, I'm asking. Do you guys always bet the same direction? Do you come to an agreement and put the pool no, of money, no, or do you do your thing and he does his thing? It sounds like there isn't a pool though. Yeah, it sounds like a bunch no, of no, no, guys, no, it's a bunch of guys trading guys strategies. And, like, and we'll use an example like yeah. you know, uh, Leon invested into Stratus during the ICO. I did not. I said, you know what? If it's like what you say, I'll, I would rather. Because sometimes, you know, I don't want to take. You just that have to risk. be Leon's friend. He'll take care of you, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good to be his friend. <laughs> uh, Leon, Leon has helped me out tremendously um, over the years. You know, but you know, uh, he, he should be. You know, I mean, I introduced him to a bunch of girls when we worked on uh, in the club district, and then I introduced him to Bitcoin. He's just paying it back. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean. If if you introduce me to a bunch of girls, hot girls, and uh, you introduce me to Bitcoin and I make money from it, you know, I mean, I'd take care of you too. So, so uh, this will be my final question. Um, so, you guys mentioned before that now you have a recent interest in the privacy uh, space and privacy alts in general. You care to just elaborate on that a little bit more briefly? Yeah. Yeah, I'll take that up. So, I've been pushing this. Uh, that, that's a direction because I, I kind of came to the realization after seeing Monero run, I also looked really hard as to say, all right, is this more just than about drugs? Is that all this is about? And through my research, I I realized that, you know, this is a lot bigger than just drugs on the internet, Uh, buying drugs over the internet. This is going to be something that is, people people are going to start to care more about with the recent political events that we saw India banning most of their cash. We see Europe banning the 500 euro note. Like, there, there's a war on cash. There's a war on 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 uh, really, uh, you, you know, as the gov- as 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 our debt based system gets closer to collapse, uh, th- th- we're going to. So start you think there's more. a collapse coming? Yeah. Uh, well, well it, 
a collapse, it, it depends on... We're, we're going down. It depends <laughs> on... Let, let right? me add yeah. this, right? Uh -huh. Is that, you know, the you know our channel yeah. is about making life-changing money yeah. uh, through uh, cryptocurrency investing. Uh, that's the first uh, order of business. That's the first goal and the first objective and the first mission. But uh, secondary to that is that if there's something that we can do to help out, you know, basically help out the world, you know, we and if, and if it doesn't take a lot of effort on our behalf, we we do enjoy doing that also. So, but the the, the first goal is money, the profits first, and then the second goal is anything that we can do to contribute to, you know, a better society. And it 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 goes along the same route. Um, you know, we we will be happy to do it. So, we missed out on the uh, the the privacy uh, coin bucket last year. And because of that, we've been doing extensive research onto that. And recently, you know, we've um, we've had a, a privacy coin project reach out to us and sponsor us to do an entire series on why financial privacy is so important to a free society. And we took advantage of that, and we jumped on that, and we collaborated with this uh, um, privacy coin project to do this because. It was something that we were researching for our investment purposes. And then we have somebody that's one of the sponsors to do in-depth research to educate the public about the value of privacy, right? And that just, you know, if we can, we, that is something that we do believe in wholeheartedly at our core that every human being should have the right to privacy. You know, this stuff that the government is just mass surveying everybody, right? I'm not... I'm not a criminal. I'm not a terrorist. There's no reason why they should sit there and listen to every one of my phone calls. You know, you were talking about just last night. We were discussing about how they're they're even you know mass surveilling uh, our allies. That's right. You and know, Joe Merkel was surveyed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like why why do we need to to do that? You know what I'm saying? And of course, you know, it's it's important to know what our enemies are doing that is trying to hurt Americans and our country, but the citizens within this country, we do not believe should be, you know, surveyed under surveillance, on a mass you know, scale, yes. 24 hours a day on a mass scale to where every one of your emails and telephone calls and videos and everything gets recorded, right? And So privacy is important, especially in money. Yes, yeah, so that, and, and we believe that privacy when it comes to money is extremely important because if you think about this, right, if you if you really think about this, and this is extremely important, is that, in our research about privacy, we found out two things, right? One is that when we communicate, think of when, when you and I communicate with each other, whether it's by mail, whether it's by email, by video, by phone calls or text messages, having the, 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 the ability to communicate to someone without worrying about somebody threatening you or hurting you is huge. Like I can call you from another state, another country, another city and talk to you and, and I don't have to feel threatened that someone's going to come and cut my head off, right? Um, or beat me up with a baseball bat. Now, financial privacy is so huge because it allows us to extend our reach and our communication. See, when, when, when you write a letter or you shout at the top of your lungs, when you make this podcast or when we make a video or anything like that, what we're doing is we're conveying our ideas and our beliefs. But financial privacy is a little bit different. It's a different format of communication. It's a different form of communication because it allows you to put value on something, right? So, for example, if you 
believe in, you know, helping uh, young African kids to get healthy, clean drinking water, you can actually send them the money, right? And you can actually send them the money so they can get the water filters and the water uh, filtration equipment to get cleaning water, clean water for their village. And you should have the right to do that without anyone interfering with you and without anyone threatening you to harm you because you believe in helping somebody with that. And the water example is just something simple, right? But imagine if you were in Israel or in Palestine, and I do not believe that 100% of the Palestinians hate 100% of the Israelis or vice versa. I, I just refuse to believe that you can have that big of a population just all 100% hate each other. So imagine if you were an Israeli or a Palestinian and you happen to have a friend that was the opposite and you wanted to help him out. You should not have to feel threatened to help him out financially. Does that make yeah. sense? And I, so, so, so for us, very ha having that financial privacy is so critical because it allows you to put, let's say that, that, that you believe in gay marriages, you know, for example. Mike, Mike Casey does. <laughs> Mike, Mike Case, might be Casey. I'm, I'm for gays getting married. Okay, personally. so, <laughs> so you, you, I, I'm personally trying to get married too. You know, so, there you so go. <laughs> imagine that you want to support someone, support the gay uh, rights or the gay marriage movement, and, and your boss at work does not like it and feels threatened and threatens you that if you go to a gay marriage rally or something, that he'll terminate you from work or fire you or not promote you. See, somebody, you should be able to support that cause or what you believe in. And we're not saying that we believe in gay marriage or we support in gay marriage or anything like that. We're just saying that if someone has an well, idea or a cause I that think, they believe in. Let me, let me see if I, I get their point. Let me try to summarize it. So, so you're saying that the value judgment that you do or anything you do should not be a property of the money itself because the money should be totally agnostic to what it's used for. Yeah. And then, then because of that, it needs to be private and fungible. Yeah, and exactly. And, 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 and the thing is that you should be able to communicate. See, when you send me an email or a text message, you're just communicating your idea. But when you're sending me money, you are communicating your value. Yeah. You're telling me that, hey, you know what? I value this in what you're doing or what you're saying or what you believe in. Or not what everybody you're agrees for with those values. Yeah, and you should not be threatened by, by placing your value into something that you believe in. You shouldn't be threatened for that. You know, a human being should not be physically threatened that you are going to be physically hurt or someone in your family is going to be physically hurt just because you place value on something. Yeah. Well, I, I totally you know agree. And so that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's extreme. That's why when, when we were approached by this privacy coin project to research, you know, and educate the public on the value of financial privacy, you know, that was... You know, that was along the same lines that sure. we were researching privacy, uh, uh, all the privacy coins anyway, to invest into it. But now if there's a way that we can educate the public on not just the investment opportunities in privacy coins, but the, the, uh, the philosophical case, make the philosophical case on why financial privacy is so critical and important to a free society, we want to be able to do that too. Cool. Well, um Thank you very much, yeah, guys. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Mike, the nonce has been found. 
Yeah. And uh, I think this interview, uh, just you know, wrapping up. I think we went a, a little over a little what over, we thought we were, were going to uh, do. Yeah, it was interesting. It was fun, guys. Thank you very Thank you. much. Yeah, oh, and, and, Appreciate and it. lastly, where can people learn more about oh, you? There you go. The, the the best way for people to uh, follow us and 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 follow our research is at cryptocurrency.market slash newsletter, and it's spelled just like you uh, you hear it. We know your website. Oh yeah, Leon, what's your website? Leonfood.com. Leonfood.com. Yeah. But that, that, oh, that's not I don't that, update that anymore. Yeah, he, he hasn't updated <laughs> in years. years. That was okay. a website I, I yeah. still yeah. And, and, I Googled and, you before the show. That was the first website that came up. We've been trying to tell them to redirect so, it to uh, what what's how do people find out more about you? Uh, yeah. but really I, I tweet a lot about this. Uh, okay. uh, Leon uh, C Fu is my Twitter handle and I I you know we I never have, tell people ours. So I'm I'm at the black marble. And uh, Tidwell, you are. I'm Mike Twenty One. If you don't know how to spell it, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you can also follow me at hey, at uh, at uh, hey ties in. Very simple. Hey ties in. Hey yeah. Ties. All right. Well, <laughs> All hey, right. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, I really appreciate you being on Block Time. Okay. Thanks for yeah, having us night, here, guys. guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.